Radio Influence. The future is now. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. It's episode number 205 and your host right here, Tim Loy, joined by the usual suspects. Mine is Jeff Hobbs for now. He'll be on with us just a little bit later. And it is a busy week, guys. We are are coming off of the uh, Valor 81 card, so we've got some recapping to get to. And then, of course, we're right on the heels of Valor 82 here. It's fight week. We're back in Chattanooga this weekend at Camp Jordan Arena. And that's a, a big pro-am show, so that means it's picks and predictions as well. So it's a jam-packed show, guys. Uh, right now, I've got my co-host Justin Watson on with me as well as Torres Finney and Greg Hopkins from the Picks panel. Like I said, we'll get uh, Jeff Hobbs in here shortly. Uh, Justin, how's it going, man? We're uh, we're coming off of uh, one show and right into another. No rest for the wicked. Yeah, man. Uh, no, not taking any breaks. This is going to be be action-packed again this weekend. I can't wait. No doubt, Torres. Man, you're uh, you're uh, hanging up the uh, the headset this week and jumping in there yourself. You pumped? Yes, man. I'm so excited. I have a lot of different things I want to display. I want to show all the hard work I've put in for the past uh, few weeks since February, and uh, I want to prove the the champion that I am. So I'm excited. Likewise, and of course, Greg Hopkins in the main event. Defending that 170 pro strap against Nick over Blood Martino. Uh, Greg, you got to get the juices flowing a little bit cage side this last week. Now, are you ready to do it yourself? Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. After going up and seeing all them Knoxville boys throw down, that was absolutely amazing. Show we had last weekend, and we're going to follow up, you know, seven days later with this one. Uh, and, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Like, oh, I'm ready. I can't, like, I wish it was right now. I, I can't, I, I know Finney probably feels the same way. I wish I could go ahead and get it done. Like, I want to finish this one off so we can move on. Ready to get this dub. Awesome. 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 Uh, before we get into some Valor 82 talk, we got some uh, recapping to do. Of course, Valor 81 all amateur show went down at the world famous Cotton Eye Joe this past Friday night. It was a packed house. We had some internet troubles, which uh, caused the the feed to be uh, wonky. But uh, if you did purchase that uh, pay-per-view, all the fights are up now on demand that you could watch uh, with the with the full commentary and replays and all that stuff. So uh, appreciate everybody's patience out there while we work through those difficulties it's never fun uh you know when a show's moving as smoothly as this one was all the way up till uh bell time and then uh the internet drops out so that's always uh always a, a roller coaster of emotions if you will uh so we're gonna do uh we've got a, so much to do today so we're gonna we're gonna stray from our typical uh recap formula we're gonna run through all the results here at, at once then I'm going to go around the horn. Each guy is going to be able to give their take on the overall show. So instead of going through fight by fight, uh, if anything stood out uh, to the guys, they can mention it in their in their time here uh, after I run through the the fight. So uh, we'll uh, we started things off, of course, with um, with the uh, grappling. Uh, little kids uh, got us going there. Josh Davidson uh, snatched up a uh, I think it was a I think it was a guillotine. Um, it was either guillotine or rear naked choke. Uh, he definitely he, he definitely got a tap, though, over young Antonio Nelson to start us off there. And then it was TJ Daughtry and Shlomo Boyd going at it in combat BJJ. A uh, bit of a stalemate in that one all the way uh, through about the seven-minute mark. And whenever – or maybe it was like six-and-a-half-minute mark. And at that point, Hobbs kind of gave like a time check, and, and, and uh, Shlomo kind of 
kind of got reckless there, just kind of trying to make something happen, ended up uh, getting in a bad position and falling to a heel hook. So TJ Daughtry gets the win there. Cody Linder takes a, uh, I believe it was a unanimous decision over Malik Lee, a little bit of a, another foul heavy bout from, uh, from these guys, from Malik Lee, but uh, still both guys look, look solid. Congrats to Cody Linder. Malik Lee is another one of these guys coming out of Spartan that is much better than his record uh, at one and three. Now uh, he's still a dangerous one. Uh, Antonio Holt, Zane Burton, one of the fight of the night uh, contenders, man, these guys threw down, they were throwing some bombs. Both guys landed some big ones. It was Zane Burton to come out with a win though in the third round with a, uh, I think it was a straight KO. I don't think Holt answered the the count, but uh, both guys really, really threw down. I mean, it was, it was a war and uh, a lot of fun to watch. Um, we saw uh, KJ Franklin get the win over Dustin Whitmore when his corner threw in the towel after just an, uh, an onslaught of leg kicks, man. So much precision on those leg kicks, and you could just see uh, Dustin Whitmore's leg was ate up. Nice performance from both guys. Actually, I think Whitmore took the first round on the judges' card, so it was one-to-one going to the third, but uh, Franklin is just so technical, and another guy that we've talked about is just way better than his record and you know, just very, very dangerous uh, there out of that Spartan Academy. Cody Stewart with a quick guillotine win in about 20 seconds over Randy Feldman, Justin Williams, uh, Brandon Serrano. They had a lot of heat at the weigh-ins, and uh, it was uh, Justin Williams actually dropping the first round. The judges gave the first round to Serrano, but then Serrano didn't come off his stool for the second round, and so Justin Williams gets the win by, I guess it would be, um, uh, I guess it would be uh, TKO, um, technically. Um, Tyrell Johns and Robert Murray is another big old uh, clubber and heavyweight fight. Johns Man, he throws some power. Like, he hit a big shot that opened Murray up, and he was bleeding all over the place, and it was just from, like, one punch. Uh, so uh, Tyrell Johns gets the win there. Kate Ge- uh, Gregory uh, with the win. I'm sorry, no, it was Casey Daniel with a win over Kate Gregory uh, in uh, the first round there at 145 to get the Agogi uh, team uh, off to a 2-0 start at that point. Sean Easton with a decision win over Peyton Uden, who had a pretty nice accounting for himself, constantly fishing for submissions, um, you know, but not able to, to land any and ended up kind of like, an, you know, just on the bottom too much. Uh, Sean Easton gets the unanimous decision win. Uh, Michael Coger with a second round win over Bryce Gibbons in our two out-of-towners fight. Coger's one to watch there at 185. He, he's some good new blood there at middleweight. Brian Diaz uh, gets the win by uh, submission over Taylor Dunsmore fairly quickly in their fight. He uh, made a gogi 3-0. Samantha Buttery with a submission win over Brianna Shedd in the second round. And uh, this is a fun fight. You know, uh, Shedd comes in without any real MMA training, just like fitness training. And you can tell she was fit uh, and did okay in the striking. Unfortunately, uh, wasn't able to hang with Samantha Buttery's submission prowess as she got that submission. And uh, I'm excited to have both these ladies back. I really liked working with both of them. And uh, they both got good potential. Uh, Samantha Buttery, congrats, goes to 2-0. and And uh, I'd like to have her back here pretty soon. Um, Kenny Urban uh, completes the sweep for a gogi uh, with a win over uh, KMAA's Devin McNulty. That was a really good fight. That was a, a very frantic, uh, just all-action fight. And uh, ultimately, it was Kenny Urban getting the win there in the first round. Uh, Dakota Dudley with maybe a little bit of an upset to, to, to a lot of people looking on, giving up a lot of size to Antoine Curtis, but doesn't care goes up there and knocks him out in the first round and pulls uh, maybe the upset of the night. Uh, Bradley Brakefield, fuck you, uh, he didn't show up. He didn't even show up at all for the weigh-ins. Didn't bother even to let anyone know he wasn't coming at all. 
Uh, so uh, he he did not fight Elijah Gilbertson. Instead, it was Dustin Garrett's dad, Dan Garrett, that stepped in. And uh, props to him, man. 51 years old, looking like a million bucks out there. If I can look half of that at 51, then I'm feeling pretty damn good about myself. Uh, showed some good wrestling, but the striking just wasn't there yet. As Elijah Gilbertson was able to kind of pick him apart on the feet, ended up getting him out of there. Uh, but uh, props to, uh, to Dan for stepping in there on short notice and uh, saving that fight. And congrats to Elijah for uh, evening that record back up to four and four. Uh, really fun fight between Emilio Hernandez and Carrington Johnson. Carrington Johnson giving Emilio the most resistance he's seen uh, to date, winning the first round, uh, winning the striking exchanges, breaking Emilio's nose. But then he started to fade in the second round. Emilio started kind of landing some strikes of his own and uh, eventually was able to get that submission as he is apt to do. He moves to two and zero at one forty five. Uh, we had a little controversy in the co-main event. Official ruled a TKO by Daquan Sutton over Dustin Garrett, but a lot of fouls in this fight. Referee Chris Bond, in my opinion, uh, really dropped the ball on this bout. He, he, to begin, he, he didn't notice or didn't call a, a very egregious cage grab by, by Sutton there about uh, 45 seconds into the, to the fight that most definitely did affect the positioning on the ground and allowed him to stay on top of uh, Dustin Garrett while grabbing the cage. Uh, after that, uh, there was another sequence where uh, there were a couple of blows to the back of the head that weren't called. And then in the ending sequence, a few seconds later, I counted after watching the replay eight, no fewer than eight direct blows to the back of the head, not called by the referee. Dustin Garrett taps out to the illegal blows. They give the, the win to Sutton. I just uh, spoke with Chandler Goins, the uh, UMAP head. And after uh, reviewing the video, he has overturned that to a no contest, which is the proper call. So uh, props to uh, Gamma and to uh, and to Chandler Goins for to for for making the fair call after uh, after that fight. Uh, don't want to take anything away from Sutton. He was looking good. His striking on the feet really was looking good. And, uh, you know, he, he likely was on his way to winning this fight, but you don't want to give guys wins uh, when they're winning by uh, with illegal blows. And, uh, and props to Garrett, too. Garrett had had some big slams himself here. So uh, overall, uh, just a, a wonky way to end that one. And then we finished the night off with a fan favorite, Lee Radford, getting a very tough uh, go from Michael Sullivan. The place was shaken uh, like the Thunderdome in, in uh, a way that it's very hard to duplicate from anything that I've ever seen. I've, uh, you know, people talk about, uh, you know, how crazy their crowds are, blah, blah, blah. Nothing touches a Lee Radford crowd. Nothing touches it. And uh, it's a, it's a, it's a special uh, occasion when Lee decides he wants to fight, drops the first round to Michael Sullivan, comes back, gets the, t uh, the knockout or TKO in the second round, moves to two and O at the, uh, the uh, ripe age of 44. Uh, so congrats to Lee Radford and Michael Sullivan for putting on a great show. Um, I'm going to send it around the horn for overall thoughts on this card. Uh, guys, you have three to five minutes apiece, and that should be good. Uh, just who stood out to you? Who surprised you? Who let you down? Biggest winners, biggest losers, overall takeaways. Justin, I'll let you get us going. Yeah, man. The, you know, when we start out with those kids, I, I think that's always, um, you know, just just a great way to get things started. They come out there and they're pumped up, you know, in front of the fans. And um, those kids were, were giving it everything they had, you know. And we got a submission um, in a five-minute match, which, you know, I usually don't see it. But um, he ended up getting him in that rear naked choke. Uh, so it was awesome just, just watching those kids. Um, a couple that, you know, really impressed me, um, definitely Dan Garrett. You know, just like you said, step it up uh, last minute like that. Um, Elijah needed an opponent. Dan was there. He said, Hey, I've been wanting to fight. I'll do it. Um, and then, you know, fights the next day and, uh, fighting somebody that's 
probably damn, I don't know how old Elijah is, but probably close to half Dan's age. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, and he gave it hell, man. Uh, so I'm, I think he'll be back, maybe try to get him one, another one and, uh, that'll be fun to watch. Um, Casey Daniels looked really good. Um, Sean Easton, that was, you know, like you said, that was a very tough fought, uh, win for him over Peyton Newton. Peyton was trying to find stuff the whole time on the bottom, but Sean was just able to control position, um, and just out, out position him basically, uh, the whole time. Brian Diaz with a super quick submission over Taylor Dunsmore. If you saw those two uh, facing off, there was a like a massive height discrepancy, and um, so it was kind of a deceiving. You know, Dunsmore looked like he was a lot bigger than Diaz, but um, good win there from Diaz. Um, Irvin getting a, a tough tough guy out of there was in McNulty. I think that um, you know, in order to get that, like you said, it was a frantic, quick fight. Um, and getting McNulty out, the, out of there quickly was a good idea. I think he's going to be a tough kid moving forward, um, and he'll show a lot. Um, Emilio, amazing as always, man, to, to take shots like that and to recover and then uh, come back and still be able to get the submission win like that was great. Um, like you say, uh, tough tough one there in the co-main event. I would have liked to have seen a little cleaner fight, um, a little more referee stepping in, stopping it, taking some points away. I mean, if he would have stood them up, if they would have stopped the action and taken a point uh, for the fence grab, you know, that then that changes things, obviously. And then stopping it when he's punching him in the back of the head, um, standing back up, who knows what would have happened. We would have probably had a different fight. Um so that's a de- good thing, definitely, that, that the, the commission is stepping up and doing the right thing there. It's something that, you know, you can obviously see it was the wrong call by the referee. So why are we, why would we allow that to go on and, and have Dustin Garrett taking a loss for getting, you know, getting illegally beat up, basically. Um, and then, yeah, man, Lee, Lee shook the place. It was insane. It was a tough first round. Both guys were pretty exhausted going into the second round. And, uh, didn't take long for there to lead for Lee to get the finish, and uh, the place went crazy, man. It was a it was a great night of fights all around. All right, let's go to Torres. Yes, um, overall, man, this is look. I ain't gonna lie, one of the most exciting cars I've called, you know, since I've came on the commentary booth. And man, overall, I sit here and look at this car from top to bottom. It was exciting. One of the my, one of my favorites throughout the month, and. Um, I mean, yes, I want to start off. Yes, the kids. Uh, it was really good to see that when those two kids to start off the show, you know, after us having some technical difficulties. But, um, I mean, overall, going straight to Zane Burton and Antonio Hope. Man, like, what a fight that was. Like, good Lord, those guys was going at it. I mean, when Antonio came out with that head kick, I sat there and said, oh, my gosh, this is about to be good. And um, it was so funny. Uh because it was said on the commentary booth, man, imagine those guys in the MMA bout. You know, both of those guys kept, you know, was trying to take each other down. It was like, man, who picked two wrestlers in a Muay Thai bout? <laughs> <laughs> so, but that was so awesome. What a fight that was. I was really excited for KJ Franklin. Um, like we said before uh, last week, uh, his record does not show exactly who he is. Uh, Dustin Whitmore is a really game opponent. And the way he kept uh, – uh, those leg kicks, man. I mean, KJ just kept him on him. Like, you know, he was just throwing leg kicks basically based off rhythm. It was just a habit. Leg kick, leg kick, leg kick. And, you know, it's very rare that you see a lot of uh, fights get stopped with leg kicks. And KJ, he had a phenomenal performance. Um, Brandon Serrano, 
man, for that brother, I ain't gonna lie to you. I really wish uh, you know, he probably have to. He should find a new team. Um, for two fights in a row, he has lost because of his corner. Um, he he's not that bad of an athlete. It's, it shows that he does have some skills. But man, after uh, watching his fight against Justin Williams, I really do think he should change cornermen. Probably change teams, like because uh, the brother, the brother's good, man, and he has potential. But when your cornerman is costing you fights, it hurts. Now I, I think it was said that he was hit, he was hit in the eye, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but man, watching that fight, I was like, man, I feel so sad for Brandon and uh, Ty- Tyrell Jones, the heavyweight fight. I mean, can't pass up on those two guys, man. Tyrell do got some power. Really sad to see him retire. You know, really was, yeah. uh, you know, wish he could come back, you know, get a few more fights in, big man. Uh, you know, you got some power. It would be really good to see you face more of the heavyweights. So I was excited to see Tyrell Jones. Obviously, my teammate Casey Daniels, he had a phenomenal performance that straight left uh, really landed on Kate Gregory. Craig Gregory, you got a long fight, I mean, a long career in front of you, young guy. But uh, Casey Daniels, he had a phenomenal fight for his first time. Um, that Michael Coger guy, 85, that was really good. Michael Coger, uh, he looked really good. Um, looked like he's going to be a big-time potential guy at 185. Mm-hmm, I agree. Excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see him. Brian Diaz, uh, man. <laughs> Mr. Nice Guy turned real evil when he got in the cage. <laughs> <laughs> man freaking ripped, uh, almost ripped Taylor's arm off. But, uh, you know, Brian, he has a lot of potential as well. Brian looked really good, was really excited for him. Um uh, well, since this ain't coming out tomorrow, he do supposed to get his blue belt. <laughs> supposed to be tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so because of that submission. So really good props to Brian for that. The women's fights was phenomenal. Brianna Shedd, yes, big time by her. Brianna, I mean, man, flexible. She was flexible. I mean, when uh, Samantha had that arm bar in, I do not know how Brianna got out of that. But <laughs> <she's> <laughs> yeah, I was swerving. Exactly. <laughs> she's a tough sister, man. Really good fight between them. Kenny and Devin, like you said already, a phenomenal fight between those two guys. Uh, Kenny shocked me, you know, very rare. All week, he's like, I'm not going to the ground. I'm going to keep on the feet. And he takes the wrestler down and wins by submission. So, <laughs> <laughs> like I tell him, that cage will make you do anything. Um, obviously, I get straight to um, also big props to uh, Dan Garrett. 100% props to you, man. 100% respect. 51 steps in on literally within, what, less than 24 hours. You yeah. get there. You go two rounds. Man, phenomenal, 100% respect from Finney. Um, obviously, my favorite fighter tonight, Carrington Johnson, Emilio. Man, if you want to talk about, like, amateurs that are on the pro level, like, they look like they're on a the pro level, they have the looks. Those two guys showed it that night. Um, Emilio, man, I'm, oh, man, I really want to see. I can't wait to see that fight between him and Chance. I, I did see he got a little bit postponed. Um, you know, he broke his nose that last fight because – I mean, Carrington Johnson, his striking is really good. He did put it on Emilio here and there. That was He lost the first round, I think, uh, Emilio, I believe. Yeah, I think the judges gave it to Carrington. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, man, that was a that was a phenomenal fight in that in that regard. And Emilio, once he got him to the ground, man, really good takedown defense for Carrington Johnson. got to remember, Carrington's only 20. So yeah. he got a long career in front of him. So do Emilio being 24. And obviously, last but not least, the main event, Lee Rapp from Michael Sullivan. What a really good fight between both of them. I mean, they both were brawling back and forth. Sullivan had moments where it looked like, oh, man, Sullivan's almost going to get the finish. Lee, like, as you say, he lost the first round, but Lee Raffer came back. He's charged on, fought with a lot of heart, and hit him with that uppercut. Phenomenal shot by Lee. Really good fight. Really excited. Anytime, like you said, Lee Raffer crowd is there, it's exciting. Really good crowd overall. 
man, excited. Really was excited for VFC 81. All right, Greg, uh, wrap us up here on this recap. You were uh, uh, you were uh, in the degenerates corner over there with me and Hobbs, but you were uh, you were you had a good view for for a lot of this action. Yeah, I was uh, I was there. <laughs> Physically, I was there, but I got halfway through the night. I got to forgetting some of these spots after we did that promo cut. Uh, and let loose a little bit. Had a good evening. I had like one of the best nights I've ever had at Cotton Eye Joe's. Uh, not working, you know, not doing anything, and just but just enjoying the fights, and it was awesome. Uh, it was fun being a spectator, uh, a spectator for the day. But I'm gonna go a different route right here because you guys have highlighted everything that I, of course, want to say. Um, uh, but just you know, Brian coming out to victory and Jesus and off the glove tap comes in and just starts firing. Uh, <laughs> it was really, that was just hilarious to me uh, i don't i know we've had you know husband and wife uh coming and fighting the same cards and stuff before and, and, and i might be wrong we probably have had it before but i don't know but you know and i know we've mentioned respect for uh you know uh, dan garrett to get in there at the age but like having a card you know where you have a father and son fighting on the same card i mean regardless of both guys outcomes they drove home you know that evening and i'm Pretty sure had, they had a pretty cool, did a cool thing that not, you know, 99.9% yeah. of these people in the world will never, ever fucking do. And that is just so awesome, man. And, like, that's just the wholesome feeling to me that I wanted to highlight that hasn't been touched on yet. We, we shout out respect to him for stepping up. But, you know, I'd like to see it again, you know, have the father and son do it go back again. Um, uh, yeah, the shout out to the production team. And Valor itself for refunding people all the money for the, uh, you know, for the, the malfunctions we had going on there. And for the production team being able to get together and Cotton Eye Joe's getting everything working together. You know, Tim, you can hit more on that. Is uh, It really was a, a fight itself to get it going. Uh, mm -hmm. but for the last, for the last but not least best highlight of the night that I, that I can say and I can talk uh, so much shit. Wait, first, I want to highlight old Zane Burton's fight too real quick. Uh, just just got to give him props where props are due, man, because them boys were swinging. Oh, man, they went off. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see both guys come back soon. I don't know if we'll see Zane do another um, do another tie fight. You know, he was he saw a lot of openings in that fight. He said, man, I want to I want to wrestle. I want to do this. I want to do that, you know. So, uh, but then moving on to the last but not least, the best highlight of the night, and this will top anybody and everybody, and Jeff can't say nothing to me because he's not here at the moment. He will be in a second. But since he's not here, I can say I loved it, and I loved his face when Canyon, uh, Casey Daniels looked into the, uh, I don't know where he was looking, but he said, who's next? And then dropped the mic. <laughs> Jeff's face was the highlight of my night. It just made me so happy when he was just like, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to bash so bad, but he was trying to stay professional and all. <laughs> so that's my take, man. It was an awesome night. No doubt, no doubt. And uh, of course, uh, with that, let's uh, let's move into uh, some talk on this coming week's card. Joining us now, we've got the voice of Valor, Jeff Hobbs, on the line as he will uh, now uh, join us with uh, the picks and predictions for this weekend's VFC 82. It's a big pro-am show from the Camp Jordan Arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Eastridge, technically. And, uh, of course, it's a it's a big card. So uh, we're going to have an early start time. Or the doors for this one, everybody, will open at 330 and then we're going to start the prelims. We've got a couple prelims that we're going to get going at 4.30. And then the main card will start at 5. So we can uh, hopefully get out of there uh, around 10.30 or so. And everybody can watch the, uh, the pay-per-view. So um, 
before we uh, get going on uh, all this, uh, I should remind you that you can get your tickets for this event at Fighter Ticks with an X. Uh, and uh, if you can't be there live, you can watch the pay-per-view stream at VFCMMA.com. And you can hear uh, Vince Ferrara calling the action. We've got our... Uh, We've got our JV team in there calling uh, on the color commentary this time because everybody's fighting. So it'll be uh, 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 it'll be Vince joined by uh, Charlie Alexander and uh, uh, maybe Christina Ricker on this one. If not her, I think Nathan Ariaga is coming. So it'll be an interesting booth for sure, a colorful booth for sure. Um, let's get going, guys. Uh, before we jump into this week's picks, uh, we didn't cover this in our recap earlier. So, Justin, what was the tallies for this past uh, BFC 81? So Torres led the week with 33 points, Hobbs with 30, and Greg with 28. So coming into this week, Greg's still in the lead with 116, Torres with 112, and Hobbs with 109. And actually, I guess I need to take uh, two points away from uh, Torres and Hobbs since we just found out that that one got overturned, huh? I think that's all in the That would just be like, uh, yeah, I guess that's fair, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, Hobbs is at 107, Torres is at 110, and Greg at 116. So, uh, Greg's in last? No, he's in first. I just did him in reverse order. I read those off in oh. reverse order. Oh, okay. I got you. Hobbs in last. I got you. Yeah, I thought, as I, I was Greg fixing just them. had 116. He I did, but he, he, he did, yeah, but he didn't pick something you guys did. Your, he didn't have any points to take off for that, so. Yeah. Any yeah, points yeah. to begin with for uh, right? Mixed it. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. So uh, let's, let's dive into this one. Uh, re, re, uh, quick breakdown, Justin, if anybody's joining us for the first time on uh, how all this shit works. All right. So uh, each panelist will pick the fighter and the method of victory for each fight. Uh, picking the correct fighter is worth two points. Method of victory is worth one point. Um so ready to get started. First yeah, up, we got Keith Richardson making his debut out of Rocket City MMA in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, flyweight taking on Jake Johnson, one and two out of Indian Land MMA in Indian Land, South Carolina. So we got the uh, little guys uh, starting us off here. Kent Richardson, I, I don't know much about. He's with Rocket City uh, there in Huntsville, uh, one of many Rocket City fighters on this card, one of eight. So he's got a lot of teammates on this one helping him get ready. Uh, but again, with it being his first time, I just don't I don't really know what to expect out of him. He's taking on Jake Johnson out of Indian Land MMA, who we have seen before. He he fought against John Lamia um, uh, late last year. He he lost by uh, submission, but was very live and game in that fight. He he's a blue belt, I believe. Um, uh, he's upside down at one and two, uh, if I'm not mistaken, but he's, uh, he's been in there with tough guys and he really gave Lamia a good first round. He just, uh, he just got a little overzealous and got caught in the second round, but uh pretty, pretty tough kid all the same. And, and he'll have some teammates on this card as well that we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later. Torres, have you done any study and got some insight on that one for us? Yes, I have. Um, looking at, um, Jake Johnson, uh, Jake Johnson, obviously his last two losses. I took a little quick look at his last win and, um, you know, he won by decision, controlled it a lot on the ground, um, utilizing, you know, some of his jiu-jitsu, trying to look for submission, more of a ground-to-pound type guy. Um, I think, you know, with the experience, this will be his fourth fight. Um, he just started MMA, you know, just last year, September of 2020. And, you know, besides getting caught by Lammy, uh, Lammy, he had a great opportunity to win that, 
that one as well. So I'm going to take Jake Johnson uh, by submission, second round. So All right. Hobbs and Greg both go with Richardson by decision, so a little bit different there. Next up, we got uh, 150 catch weight, Eric Lewis, 1-2 and two out of Rocket City MMA in Huntsville, Alabama, taking on Daniel Gonzalez, 0-1 out of North Georgia High Estate in Dalton, Georgia. So this is a pretty good little fight. We, we know both of these guys here. Now, Eric Lewis, uh, another Rocket City guy, last time out, we saw him lose a decision to Jalen Harper. Before that, we saw him get a win over um, – Oh, man, uh, his name escapes me right off, but he's a super tall guy out of Eastridge that used to come up with CJ. He uh, So he's one in one in the Valor cage. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that uh, that is is probably going to be looking to strike. If I had to guess, uh, Jalen was able to kind of kind of control him and just kind of grind him out in a, in a not so thrilling fight last time out. I think he wants to be able to kind of let go a little bit more. Uh, so, of course, um, his, his opponent uh, in this one uh, is, is also, though, uh, a guy that we've seen uh, several times uh, in, in the Valor Cage as well. Uh, not not necessarily in the Valor Cage, but at least like on our show. So like uh, and that's Daniel Gonzalez out of that high stand camp in Dalton. And Daniel, uh, he's a grappler by trade as well. Uh, his only MMA fight was at the Saudi show when Brandon McGee beat him in a war. Those guys were throwing down. But he came up on the bad side of that one. But he's also been doing the Hydra Cup stuff, and he did uh, the highest stand team grappling. And so he's he's been still active doing a lot of grappling and whatnot. So um, this is another one of those kind of striker versus grappler fights. Uh, we'll see if uh, if uh, Lewis's takedown defense holds up. Torres, what do you have on this one for us? Yes, um, I watched that. Hang on so a lot to you, Tim. I literally just watched that fight yesterday with Logan Neal. Um, we were watching some of that car and Brandon McGee and Daniel Gonzalez. That was a battle, wasn't it? That was, man. That was a really fun fight. And because of seeing that, I'm not going to lie, only because I watched that fight, even though that fight was two years ago, that made me see what type of fighter Daniel Gonzalez is. Yes, Eric Lewis has the experience. And the guy you was talking about uh, was Keon Jones. Uh, okay, that yeah. Won, that yeah. he won. Um, but the experience from Eric Lewis and Daniel, I mean, uh, from Eric Lewis will be the factor over uh, Daniel Gonzalez, but I'm going to take Daniel Gonzalez because I think he got it on the ground. Uh, Eric Lewis might have him on the feet, but um, I think Daniel it will do enough to at least get him on the ground. So I'm taking Daniel Gonzalez by uh, – ooh, what did I pick? I think – did I say knockout? Uh, you actually didn't pick Gonzalez. I didn't pick Gonzalez? No. Uh, <laughs> no. I'll be forgetting no. the pace. Well, my fault. Well, I'm taking Daniel Gonzalez by uh, submission. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you originally had Lewis by TKS. Let me uh, I would okay. change it. To, this this will stay. He's talked himself out of it. He's talked himself right out of it. <laughs> that shit usually bites me in the ass when I do that, but you never know. <laughs> so, Greg also took Gonzalez. Greg uh, also took Gonzalez by submission. Hobbs goes Lewis by decision on that one. Uh, bout number three, 155 Muay Thai, Justin Jamard making his debut out of Rocket City in Huntsville, Alabama, taking on Tyler Jones 2-0 out of United Karate Studios in Dalton, Georgia. So we we know Tyler Jones, you know, he, he we talk about him all the time. Can't talk about him without mentioning his daddy. Uh, we'll try to avoid that tonight, though. Tyler Jones himself, 2-0 coming into this since he has turned into a man at 18 years old uh, with an extensive career before uh, as a junior, of course. Uh, you know, tall, long, rangy, aggressive, confident. Um, and last time out, he had a body kick knockout over K.J. Franklin, who we just talked about. 
winning his fight uh, this this past weekend over Dustin Whitmore. So uh, he's already been in there with, with guys that are pretty tough guys. And um, at 2-0, and he's going to be uh, stepping in there again with another tough guy in Justin Jamar, our third representative from that Rocket City crew. And, uh, you know, Justin Jamar, um, has this will be his first time doing tie. He's he's done MMA two times, and he's one of one in MMA. Uh, last time out, he lost a decision to DT Mills in a fight where he um, – it was kind of similar to Jalen Harper, honestly, in that he just, like – he just couldn't stay off his back, more or less. DT Mills never really hurt him. He never really – uh, you know, uh, put a lot of damage on him, but he was able to control him and uh, kind of grind away at him. So, uh, you know, Jamar, uh, there were no takedowns in uh, in Muay Thai here. Uh, I guess there's sweeps, but uh, he'll he'll get his striking wish here with uh, Tyler Jones. I'm expecting all action to kick off the main card here. Hobbs, you're pretty familiar with both, both these guys. Yeah, you know. Uh- I I like uh, I like these Rocket City guys a lot, and you know what? I, I picked uh, Rocket City in, my, in our first two picks, but uh, like we said, this is Tyler Jones, and this is a straight stand-up fight, man. And uh, he was he was a man before he became legal, but now he's legal, and uh, and and he is um, he's everything that we thought he was going to be, and more. And he just keeps getting better. And I, I I'm going to have to stray away from my Rocket City picks in this one. I'm uh, going. Tyler Jones, TKO. All right. The other two panelists agree with you on that one, Tyler Jones, by TKO. Next up, featherweight, 145, Javante Miles Trow, JMT, 2-3, and three, also out of Rocket City MMA in Huntsville, Alabama, taking on Quentin Sims, 1-0, out of Agogi Combatives in Chattanooga. This is low-key kind of one of those fights I'm stoked for because these guys are very similar in stature um, and uh, in motor. You know, Quentin Sims uh, just made his debut a few short months ago. He uh, got a standing guillotine. He climbed right up his opponent and and uh, got a standing guillotine tap uh, over Mikey Jutz uh, just a couple short months ago. Uh, and then Javante Miles Trout, JMT, we've seen him a few times in the Valor Cage. You know, he went out there and um, – in Nashville, he debuted at our last Nashville show, lost to Lucas Farrow in a decision that he was really coming on late in. Uh, and then he lost another decision to Jacob Harrell at 145. And now, let me preface this by saying, like, these guys should be fighting at 135. They're both 35ers fighting at a catchweight of 140, actually. Um, and, and so uh, trial kind of got oversized, uh, outsized by Harrell, another decision loss. And then last time out, we saw him grab a combat BJJ with uh, Ray Hewitt, and that went to a draw. So uh, he's a very eager competitor. He's, he's got a good motor. He uh, he, he really is uh, is uh, explosive and strong and athletic. Um, I think he his his issues in the past have been like he's fighting kind of bigger guys that are that are taking him down and kind of trying um, to kind of holding and grinding him there. So uh, you know uh, we'll see if uh, Quentin Sims is able uh, to do the same, or if he even wants to do the same. Maybe we'll get a striking battle out of these two. One of your uh, teammates going at it here, Greg. What do you, what can we look for? Uh, this fight was originally supposed to be Bud Cook, but then we just wanted to just cut that one and scrap it quick due to people acting foolish on the internet and doing stupid. But at one point in time again, we may see that fight. However, Sims, uh, that little man right there, he's coming ready. But oh, uh, what do we do, uh, JV? Uh, JT, man, uh, JVT, uh, he, he actually just made a post a minute ago on, let me look, let me look up the actual, um, 
the odds of him winning here by the the, the, uh, the keyboard warriors here on Tapology. Tapology. Uh, yeah, Tapology. The keyboard warriors are saying that uh, JVT has a four percent chance of winning, and he's made it publicly known. And he put, you know, LOL, ha ha ha. I love how everybody got jokes, you know. And uh, I mean, Q Sims. Uh, uh, Q ain't uh, he ain't playing, man. I'm ready to see him. He's got one by submission. The kid's powerful, man. He's, he's still young. He's hungry. He's ready to go. This, this, uh, like Tim said, it. This is low key. Uh, going to be exciting. First round, second round. Uh, Q made the promise in the cage last week at the uh, fights that he uh, wasn't going to let it go to the third. And he was going to give a submission. But uh, you know, JVT has other things to say. With that being said, I have to go with my boy Q. Uh, you know, with the submission that he promises all right torres also going with sims by submission hobbs goes jmt by submission next up we have welterweights uh tristan kelly 1-0 out of north georgia highest stand dalton georgia taking on matthew leonard leonard debut out of nova gyms in louisville lowell wisconsin so Matt Leonard is uh, coming down in here with Jordan Seibser. They're all the way from Wisconsin. Uh, he he's taller. He's six foot tall. He is uh, blue belt in BJJ, but he hasn't fought, so we really don't have much beyond that. Uh, he's tall, lanky, and a blue belt. Uh, Tristan Kelly uh, is a, a name we haven't heard in quite some time. Originally slated to be Jordan Lewis in this spot um, for Highestand in Dalton there, but uh, Lewis it was injured last week. And now his teammate, Tristan Kelly, steps up on short notice. Now, um, you know, Kelly's already got some fight experience under his belt. He's got some wrestling background as well. We know that. One of Tr- I think Tristan's last MMA fight was a win over Elijah Gilbertson. But that's been – that was Gilbertson before he even got to KMAA. So if that tells you, like, how long it's been, it's probably been two years. So I don't really know what to expect out of Tristan Kelly. I know that uh, he's taking it on short notice. I know he's taking it at 170, which raises some eyebrows potentially uh, because he's fought as low as 45-55, I think. So, uh, yeah, interesting fight here, guys. What do you think here, Hobbs? Uh, I think I wish somebody would have set the table before we turned our picks in earlier. Um, So – yeah, I mean, Leonard, or as Justin says, Le- Leonard, Leonard, uh, <laughs> Leonard, uh, kind of just being the unknown from this unknown gym in this unknown city. Um, you know, you don't know what to expect, but, you know, Tim telling us now he's six foot something in a blue belt maybe would have changed my mind a little bit. Um, and then, the, you know, the weight discrepancy here on what Tristan Kelly usually fights at and what he's fighting at this fight uh, makes me feel a little foolish for circling that real quick. Um Nonetheless, I will not pull a Torres and try to change mine at the last minute. I'm a man of my word and convictions. I said Tristan Kelly, and by God, I'm sticking to Tristan Kelly by TKO. Uh, yeah, Greg. yeah, yeah, but you're still going to be behind me on the scorecard. So. Greg and Torres also take Kelly. Greg goes TKO, Torres goes submission. Next up, we have 170. Welterweights, Justin Abner, 2-4 and four out of Rocket City MMA in Huntsville, Alabama, taking on Atticon Groves, debut independent Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, so we don't know a lot about Groves. Um, I, I know that he's trained with national MMA like a time or two, not enough for them to claim him. Um, so he's an independent fighter. He told me that he's kind of jumped around and trained at several different gyms out there. So you really just don't know what you're getting with, with Mr. Groves here. I've heard of independent fighters that do the exact same thing that are come out and 
can be very, very tough. So uh, certainly, I, I just don't know. Uh, Justin Abner, two and four. Um, his record is is another one of these deceptive records. He used to be with Maverick uh, down there with Suzanne Ramsden, but now he is with Rocket City MMA. This may be his first fight with Rocket City. And uh, at two and four, I believe he is a blue belt. If he's not a purple belt by now, he may be a purple belt by now. Uh, it's been, you know, he has a blue belt several years ago. Very tough, hard-nosed guy. He's got a chin. He like, he's kind of one of those take one to give one kind of guys. And uh, he took one and gave one with Greg Hopkins uh, back in Greg's amateur days. So I guess you probably get a bit better insight from Greg. Well, tell us about it, Greg. Uh, yeah, I actually didn't even know Abner was on this card until I was looking at it earlier and making my picks. Uh, I remember that fight with Abner. That was my comeback fight after a seven-year layoff. And, uh, man, I, regardless of who uh, Abner is fighting right here, I got to take Abner just because, man, I felt his power. He's strong. I ain't fought nobody that strong since then, you know, a, a, a couple oh, wow. weeks I have. I've, I've had two fights since then. It's been that, that tough, but that dude uh, is—I'm sure he's come a long way uh, in the last couple of years. He's been fighting. I've watched him. I think the only time I've seen him lose was against uh, Blaylock's. Uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Blaylock's guy. Uh, anyways, but he lost one of the guys from Blaylock's. <clears throat> but uh, other than that, um, I got Abner by his, uh, by a submission here. All right. Both the other panelists go with uh, Abner as well. Torres takes decision. Hobbs goes TKO. Next up, heavyweights 265, David Kuklia, pro debut out of uh, Indian Land MMA in Indian Land, South Carolina, taking on Jake Zog, 1-11 out of Clinton MMA in Clinton, Illinois. So we just saw Jake Zog uh, a couple weeks ago. He was fighting uh, Lorenzo Hood. And uh, at the All Pro Show, and, and and honestly, gave an okay account of himself. You know, Lorenzo's just a special specimen of a man, but uh, Zog didn't back down from him, and, and he landed a couple himself. Uh, record not great, you know. He, he's one in he's one in ten or one in eleven at this point, but he's also fought very tough guys. And and just from watching him uh, in, in person, I I know and see he's a tough guy. Uh, he's taken he's a late notice replacement for CJ Baker. CJ Baker supposed to be ta- taking this as his pro debut. He goes ghost and uh off the grid doesn't reply doesn't communicate and uh doesn't have any more opportunities anymore most likely uh he's so it'll be uh him replacing cj versus david Tuklea, who is out of that indian land group and we've seen him one time as an amateur he fought uh up here against josh denham from uh, uh from ian lawler's group and um uh it was a slobber knocker if i can remember it's very bloody and uh Tuklea is uh you know just an overall tough gritty dude um he comes in at two and two as an amateur looking to make his pro debut uh again kind of a short notice fight Kind of a random fight for this card, but another low key, like probably going to be pretty entertaining fight. All right, Torres, any insight? Yeah, um, looking at both of these guys, I've watched that first fight when uh, David Chikula fought Marquill Kilwin uh, Jones. Uh, um, you know, it wasn't one of uh, his best one, but that was his first ever amateur fight. And you saw the growth as his career went on. And I remember watching some of his last fight uh, against Josh Denham. And, um, you know, that was a good back and forth fight starting off. But, you know, he controlled the majority of the fight against Josh. And um, really good. Uh, this would be a really good test for him. I mean, you know, Jake Zod, record doesn't show his toughness. But, uh, you know, J- Jake is tough, man. And uh, with 12 fight experience going into his 13th, um, he'll probably show some experience against Jakula. But 
I think it'd be a really exciting fight, but I'm taking Shakur by KO. All right, Greg agrees with you on that one. Hobbs takes Zog by TKO. All right, next up we have catchweight 200-pound MMA Wesley McCracken 0-3 from Upstate Karate in Simpsonville, South Carolina, uh, taking on Jordan Cipher 2-9 uh, out of the Nova Gym Martial Arts and Fitness in Henniger, Alabama. So, uh, Cypher, of course, we also saw fight Lorenzo Hood a few months back. I guess that was February. Uh, another guy who's tougher than his record. You know, record is great, um, uh, but he's uh, he's a brown belt in BJJ, tough guy, uh, and, uh, you know, really small heavyweight. So, this fight's at 200 pounds is going to be more his speed, I think, as far as size goes. McCracken looking for that first win, 0-3. I think he's going to be a deceptive 0-3. He uh, is fighting that upstate karate gym by way of AKA. He had his first three fights out of AKA, but now uh, training over there with the Thompsons at Upstate Karate. Uh, this is a guy that Chad Finnerty pulled out against uh, in, uh, I guess, uh, about a month or so ago. So uh, we told him we promised to get him back uh, in there, and here we are. Oh, wow. Uh, any insight here, Torres? Yeah, um, looking at these guys, um, I've, I've seen Wesley McCracken uh, amateur record, and, uh, man, I mean, he smoked a lot of guys. I mean, he beat one guy in seven seconds. Um, he's, he was 4-0 as an amateur. I mean, his, the start of his pro career hasn't gone, you know, as likely as he would. Um, but his last fight hasn't happened since uh, 2018. And you talked about a council bout with uh, Chad Finnerty. But, you know, this is his first fight in three years, nearly. So um, I'm expecting to see a whole lot of progress out of Wesley McCracken. Excited what it brings to the table. Obviously, Jordan has a lot more experience, you know, being 2-9. and nine. Um, And, yes, I mean, Jordan just don't ran into a lot of tough guys, you know, being a small heavyweight. But I think Wesley McCracken still gets this one by decision. All right. The other two also take McCracken by TKO on that one, though. Next up, we have heavyweights 265. Uh, Keanu Parks, debut out of Rocket City, uh, MMA out of Huntsville, Alabama, taking on John Hampton, 1-0 from Agogi Combatives in Chattanooga. Well, I don't really know much about what we'll get out of Keone Parks. Uh, another one of these Rocket City guys got lots of teammates on the card. Looks like a big, strong dude, but it's his first fight, so you never know. We do know what we get out of John Hampton, and that's a lot of violence. Uh, last time out, he really put on a, a crazy good fight against Antonio Hall. Got the uh, knockout win in that one, but it was a war. I mean, it was he's nothing but come forward and throw hammers. So I'm expecting this one to be violent. Probably doesn't go the distance. What do you got here, Greg? Um, well, like we said, I don't know a whole lot about uh, John's opponent, but John Hampton is in the room, you know, every day, sometimes two times a day, making that making that drive all the time. I know he's a, you know, John's spot heavyweight right here, and uh, but every time you spar with John or you do anything with John at all, he's always asking questions after you're done. He's like, how did you do that, and, and where did that come from, or, or explain to me this. He's always test questions he's looking through videos he's, he's learning all the time and he's really at like uh <clears throat> he's an artist of the game and he's, he's he's getting learned and he's loving it so uh and i don't know nothing about parts really i don't know anything about him i just know we got you know it's a heavyweight fight one one punch could end everything and change everything at any moment with that being said i'm taking uh i got hampton by tko all right. The other two also have Hampton. Torres takes TKO. Hobbs goes with submission. Next up, we have lightweights, 155. Uh, Peter Wilson, 1-0 out of SMBJJ, 805 kickboxing 
in Santa Maria, California, taking on um, Amios Boyd, one and three from the Boyd Brothers MMA in Atlanta, Georgia. This is an interesting one here. Uh, of course, we've seen Amios several times. He's always in there with the tough guys, man. And all, he always gives them uh, all they want. Uh, very hard to finish, even though his record isn't great. He's always in, in just grueling fights. Uh, really put together, athletic guy. Uh, he'll be there with his brother, Slomo, who we'll talk about here shortly. Uh, taking on Peter Wilson, who we don't know much about. He's 1-0. and He's uh, he's buddies with Nick Pekuke, who is the Indian land MMA manager. So he's been uh, on my tail to get uh, Peter Wilson out here for a fight. Cause he's out West and everything's shut down out there. Can't get fights. So uh, he's uh, flying all the way out here to get some action, man. And uh, he, he looks like he's very tall. He's about six foot, six foot one at one fifty five. blue belt BJJ uh, out of uh, Santa Maria, California. So uh, yeah, it's kind of a, one of those fights. It's, you don't know what you're going to get, but I think it's going to be good. What do you see here, Torres? Yeah, man, um, looking at both of these guys, I mean, looking at the background of Peter Wilson, like you say, he's a kickboxer, blue belt in uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But I look at I look at Boyd, and I look at Boyd and the guys he went against. His first ever amateur fight, he went against a guy named Jackie Gosh. Jackie Gosh beat Joe Queen, Joaquin Buckley in Bellator. You know, that was, and Jackie Gosh also, well, his last loss was against Joaquin Buckley as well. But I'm just looking at um, Boyd don't win against a guy like Jackie Gosh, Bronzo Borzorgi, who's going for the title later on in I think next month. And then he went against Selden Wright, who's also going for a title. So, I mean, this man only been against some tough acquisitions. So I think Boy, I think Boyd gets on the right end of the stick in this one. I mean, it, it truly shows not only him, but his entire all of his brothers and toy the entire Boyd brothers, there's some tough sun guns. So I'm going to take a Mizo Boyd in this one. I'm taking him by uh, – if he can keep this uh, at least probably standing up, you know, get him with a good shot, I, I expect Boyd to get this one. So I'm taking Boyd by uh, TKO. Hobbs goes with Boyd by TKO as well. Greg goes Wilson by TKO. Next up, welterweights 170, Javon Crowder, debut out of Rocket City MMA in Huntsville, Alabama, taking on Craig French, 0-1 out of Agogi Combatives, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, Javon Crowder, uh, yet another entry from the Rocket City group. This is his first fight, uh, so I don't know much about him. He looks athletic, looks like he's put together, as most of these guys uh, from Rocket City uh, all look like they're put together. Just very athletic guys, always in shape. Uh, Again, he's not fought, so I don't really have much more background. Craig Prince, we got to see debut at the Primal Combat card a few months back. Uh, in a losing effort, still put on a really nice showing, and he, he ran into a guy that was just kind of like an unknown r- ringer. Uh, <laughs> he was an independent guy that was uh, far from your typical independent, um, a very, very skilled grappler. And I think uh, just kind of going in blind like that, it, it didn't allow Craig to kind of u- to plan the proper plan of attack uh, for this guy. Uh, that said, he still uh, performed admirably there. He's another guy that's in, in great shape. <laughs> Uh, good size, 170, very strong, and uh, I'm expecting a war here. Yeah, this is somebody you probably train with quite a bit, Greg. What do you think? Uh, uh, yeah, you know, all night I've been uh, back and forth, but mostly I've been on these Rocket City Cats. And uh, 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 on this one, you know, he's fighting somebody from Agogi, so I do get to train with Craig French all the time. With that, and Craig's got one loss, you know, and I think it was by Triangle. He got beat. And yeah. he's a Marine as Marine versus Marine. And literally it was, a, that's what it was. It was that kind of fight. Um, I don't know 
anything about Javon Crowder right now. I wish I did. I just know that he's coming uh, from Rocket City. And if he's training with Justin Abner, I know that he's probably able to take some heavy, heavy shots. So with that being said, Craig has been polishing up his game every day, ins and outs. And I'm trying not to spend a lot of time on my homie here, but I'm a little biased here, but I think I got to take Craig uh, and I got to take him by a little grounding pound, man. TKO. What I'm going to take here, oh, Craig Frenchy. All right, the other two also take Craig French. Uh, they all, they go with submission on that one. Next up, 125-pound flyweights, Anthony Cochran, 5-6 and six, out of KMA in Knoxville, taking on Shamar Perez, 4-5 and five, out of Team Wildside in Clarksville, Tennessee. This is a uh, another low-key fight that I'm excited for. Uh, it'll be the first time that we've seen Anthony Cochran, the Seagoat, drop all the way to 125. So um, who knows? You know, uh, he's he's shown a good gas tank at 135. He's he, he's fought as high as 145, 55. And at 35, he was looking shredded. So at 25, you know, I expect him to be huge. Uh, he's taking on Shamar Perez, Hawaii Perez, out of that uh, Team Wild side up in Clarksville. He's a he's a taller, rangier 125 that's used to making the weight. Both these guys' records are very similar, and uh, both these guys uh, have been in uh, title fights here as of late in losing effort. Uh, Shamar Perez, the last uh, to challenge uh, Kyle Linder for the 125 title uh, before Kyle went pro. But, uh, you know, uh, this is a very interesting one, man. Uh, the, Anthony has come up on the losing end of some decisions as of late with his uh, uh, going for like a top game control type strategy, uh, but not delivering a lot as much damage as what the judges want to see. So it'll be interesting to see if he changes up his game plan at all um, or, you know, just to try to you know figure out what the judges are looking for. All right, Greg, you got anything for us on this one? Uh, right here, Anthony Cochran. Uh, you know, they, they both – I mean, he's got a win over Dustin Garrett here. And like you said, uh, you know, shared a, a couple losses last time out. But then with Perez coming up, he just he just fought Linder, right? Yeah, he that. did. Yeah. Yep. He just fought Linder and, you know, lost in the first round. But Linder, that's nothing to hang your head about because Linder, I mean, he's looking to go pro very soon. I'm, I'm pretty sure, right? Like, so. Yeah, we're, we're working on it now. It's hard to get anybody to step up. <laughs> yeah, well, with that being said, Anthony Conqueror making that move down to 125, man, I, I, I got to I, – I can't see – Anthony's just a – just you know, he's. I think he's fought as high as one fifty five, and now he's yep. all the way down to twenty five. Man, I'm. I'm hoping is. I don't. I can't see his gas tank failing him here. And with that being said, I can't see a. a I just can't see him getting getting finished here in any type sort of way. With that being said, I was my original pick was Cochran by decision, and I'm not going to change it because Jeff's here and he'll bitch at me. But I'm thinking that Anthony can get a finish by submission in here is what I want. All right. Jeff also took uh, Cochran by decision. Torres goes high Perez by decision. Next up, 145-pound featherweights. Madrell Kirby, 0-1 out of Rocket City MMA, Huntsville, Alabama, taking on Jalen Harper, 4-1 out of Agogi Combatives, Chattanooga, Tennessee. So Jalen's on a hot streak, man. Jalen's been win, win, win here as of late, climbing the 145 ranks. Uh, be looking to to be in title contention, but but his his teammate has a strap right now with uh, Andrew Sturdivant. So uh, he, it's kind of one of those log jams at the moment for for Jalen uh, coming off of the win over Eric Lewis last time out by decision. Now he's going to fight Lewis's teammate and the final entry from Rocket City on this card, and that's Mardrell Kirby. Now Mardrell's only zero one, but he's 
a very deceptive 0 and one. He is he is put together, man. This guy's uh, he's yoked up. He's a wrestling a former uh, wrestling champion. Uh, his first time out, he lost by a head kick knockout to uh, Carrington Johnson. But now Carrington Johnson's striking is very good, and I think it's one of those where he just kind of got caught. But uh, you know, he's he's certainly uh, a very very athletic uh, fellow, and uh, and his record does not do him justice. So uh, this is a fight that that could be really really good actually, and it, it's not a guy that Harper will want to sleep on. Torres, what do you see here? Yeah, man, uh, Tim, you've explained that really well. I look at one of the most stacked, I say 145 for Valor, especially amateur, is one of the most stacked divisions that I've seen, man. Like, good Lord. I mean, you got Kenton Johnson. You can throw in there Emilio. I mean, what? You got, uh, you know, Jalen. You got Andrew Sturdivant. I mean, you got a lot of guys in that division. And Daquan they, Sutton? They, Daquan Sutton. I mean, man, <laughs> that one is tough, man. And like you said, I mean, every, there's a lot of guys deserving of that title shot, and Jalen is one of those guys. But, you know, now with Andrew Stern being our teammate, you know, we'll look forward to, you know, what we can see with that. But, you know, Jalen is one of those guys. I mean, Jalen right now is on a three-fight win streak, hoping to go on a four-fight. And if you come 5-1, he is a guy that should be up for a title. But I look at Madre Kirby. Like you said, he is a tough brother. I mean, you know, I thought at first he had got caught with one head kick and character Johnson threw another and, um, you know, Karen Johnson is just a really good striker. It was a, the fight of a striker versus a stand-up guy. And Jalen is a guy that can also take it on the ground as well. He's a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. So I'm taking Jalen this um, by TKO. Greg also takes Harper by TKO. Hobbs goes Harper by submission. Next up, back to the pros. Uh, catch weight 165 pounds. Author C say three and two out of KMA in Knoxville, Tennessee. Taking on Shlomo Boyd, 0-1, Boyd Bros, MMA in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, this one is uh, one that came together late. It was supposed to be originally Cisse versus uh, Timothy Tyler from New York. Tyler pulled out last week. So uh, who else is going to step in but Shlomo Boyd, right? Uh, so now uh, we got Shlomo Boyd and Arthur Cisse at 165, which is interesting because Cisse had, had been booked to fight as low as 45 in the past. So uh, I think there will be a little bit of a size difference here, but the experience is certainly with Cisse, BJJ Brown Belt, uh, training at KMAA there with Eric Turner. And, uh, you know, he comes in at, uh, at, I believe he's three and two, if I'm not mistaken, uh, coming into this. He's, um, you know, he's definitely going to want to grapple. Uh, Cisse, uh, a lot of decision wins to his credit, uh, very stifling top control, um, uh, good good wrestling. Um, whereas Shlomo Boyd, uh, if I had to guess, is going to keep this thing standing. Last time out, he lost above a cruise in a fight that he was doing pretty well in. He ended up getting caught. But uh, aside from that, he's been doing a lot of the Hydro Cup stuff, staying very active on the scene. And so I think it's going to come down to whether or not Cissé can get the takedown. Uh, to, to control or possibly submit Shlomo, or if Shlomo can keep it standing, uh, it could get very interesting. All right, Greg, what do you have here? I think that this was uh, ended up being a better fight than you have guys. Yeah, have I agree. And uh, with that being said right here, like you said, CJ, the brown belt in jiu-jitsu, right? So mm-hmm. I, and, and we talked about the size of scraps of two right here because he's fought as low well as 145. Uh, uh, I've seen him. I've been. I don't watch these I'm a fantasy say. I watch him on Facebook. The size looks good on him. He's going to be able. I think he'll be thick enough right here to cover uh, the ground game on a slow mo. With that being said, you said yourself, uh, slow mo came out last time and put on a performance against Bubba Cruz that we didn't expect to happen. Uh, Bubba Cruz was losing that fight until 
George, up until he got hit with the, he hit Slomo with that spinning back fist and just knocked Slomo out completely. Um, Arthur Cisse can hit hard too, but the ground is where he's going to, is what I think was where he's going to have Slomo, even though we've seen Slomo a shit ton. You know, at every Hydro Cup, everything, every time, like you said, who, who other than to step up at any time, but Slomo, boy, uh, hats off to him. He deserves some kind of award for being that guy. Um, but with that being said, I got to go with uh, Cisse by submission here. All right, Torres. Yeah, who, sorry. Who, um, yes, in the, yes, in um, in this matchup, I mean, man, yeah, slow mo boy stepping in on a um, short notice. One thing I will like to um, point out is, you know, I am a little cautious because you know, slow mo was moving his knee from last week in that comeback yeah. he did to. So hoping that brings no effect onto this fight. But like you say, um, Arthur C. Say he's a brown belt. Um, he's game. He's big time. You know, been training over there with KMMA, probably in some really good cardio shape. Um, but, I mean, I look at, you know, what Slow Mo did to a guy like, you know, Bubba. You know, and he just kept that pressure on Bubba. Yes, eventually, you know, Slow Mo gassed a bit. And, like, Slow Mo would do is everything he can to keep it on the feet. Plus, Slow Mo wrestled in high school as well. I think he was an all-state wrestler. Um, I think he went to the uh, state tournament a few times. So, um, this will be really interesting to see how the jiu-jitsu go against the wrestler. Can Slow Mo keep it on the feet? Who are the better strike on the feet? Um, I'm going out on limb though. I'm going to take slow mo on this one. By decision? Yes, slow mo by decision. Yes. All right. We're missing Hobbs right now, but he also took slow mo by decision. All right. Next up, we have Bantamweight Muay Thai, Blake Spence, 1 0 from Upstate Karate in Simpsonville, South Carolina, taking on Jake Phillips, 4 2 from North Georgia, highest stand. Now, this is a highly placed tie fight, but I'm real high on both these guys, man. This is a real solid one. Jake Phillips out of that North Georgia high stand group. We've seen him fight for the title in the past. Uh, he's been out there. Uh, he was he was more active uh, over the last year or two. But, uh, you know, as of late, we haven't seen him out there as much. So uh, I'll be curious to see. Um, you know, if he's improved in that time, he's a, he's a young buck and, uh, and, but he's been in there many, many, several times. Uh, Blake Spence, on the other hand, has only been in there one time, but he has just a wealth of experience in the point karate world. And the last time out, we saw him fight Cody Ortiz and man, the crowd was just oohing and awe, And it was, uh, just a very wonder boy-esque as, as well. You, as what you would expect coming from that, uh, upstate karate group, uh, former world champion in uh, point karate. So, uh, he's young in his tie career here and, uh, giving up quite a bit of tie experience to Jake Phillips, but, uh, probably having more, uh, competition experience overall, uh, when you factor in his karate background, I'm pretty stoked for this. All right, Greg. Uh, yeah, this is one that Tim just mentioned. It was kind of everybody's speaking. It's, it's kind of thrown in the mix late in the card for a reason, you know. Uh, I, we've watched Phil fight a few times in the cage, you know, even for the for the title. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, I haven't gotten to see a whole lot. Um, I'm sorry. I'm trying to find him right here. Harp. Should I, I didn't even – who's his opponent right here? Who's, Blake uh, Spence. Spence. Blake Spence, he's from Upstate. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's coming from, coming out of the same gym as uh, as uh, Wonder Boy, right? Up yep. yeah, yeah, he's so, got the karate, that karate style too. He definitely yeah. had a lot of that sidekicks so, and stuff. So with, with that, that's that, that, that's what I was basing my decision on. I'm taking I'm taking Phyllis by decision because I've seen him withstand the likes of the fighters that we have in the Valor Cage, 
And that I'm going on what I know, and it's on Phillips by decision. And I just think it goes the distance. Phillips is not a hardcore knockout kind of guy, but he is a, like a stick and move type of person. So uh, with that uh, um, Wonder Boy kind of you know finesse coming in, I think that uh, I think that he's going to have uh, a high stand coming in here for it. I'm excited to see Phillips getting there. All right, Torres. Man, I'm not gonna lie to you. After seeing that push kick that Blake Spitz had. Uh, his last fight, I don't know, man. <laughs> but that's gonna—that's what's gonna make this matchup really interesting. You know, seeing him and uh, Phillips go at it. Um, I, I went out with uh, Blake Spence by KO. I mean, you know, I saw—I saw his striking from last matchup. I'm like, man, you know, I, I'm excited to see who can go against that. And uh, Jake Phillips, you know, from highest stand. I mean, they have really good striking out there too. You know, mostly known for their wrestling, but. This will be this will be really good to watch, and uh, I'm going to go Blake Spence by KO. All right, Jeff. So, how do you see uh, CSA and Boyd playing out? Man, I you know we've all become like just really huge fans of Slow Mo Boyd, man. How much he's stepping in. Um, you know, CSA's got the ground game. He's really relentless on the ground. Um, we know his grappling's good. Uh, we know he's got solid BJJ with the camp that he comes from. But I know this is going to sound crazy, but I. You know, Shlomo's uh, recent, you know, foray into the Hydra Cup, uh, I think, is going to help him in a bout like this. Um, you know, I think that's experience that he's getting out there, uh, you know, in these uh, Hydra Cup bouts uh, is going to play dividends in, in this fight, man. So um, I don't necessarily know that it's going to be as, you know, one-sided. Uh, when it comes to the grappling. So I like slow-mo Boyd in this fight, um, but I think it does go the distance. So Torres and Hobbs both take Boyd by decision. Greg takes Cissé by submission. Hobbs, what do you have for uh, Phillips and uh, Spence? Well, I like Phillips in this fight. You know, I'm, I'm usually pretty big on upstate karate guys, but, you know, we've talked about it over and over again, how tough these North Georgia high stand guys are. And I just think this, uh, you know, six fight, uh, you know, record is uh, is is going to play dividends here again. Like it's, I think it's just way too much experience. I think it's going to be close, um, but I see uh, I see Jake Phillips maybe getting the TKO in this one. So I, I'm I'm jumping out there, uh, you know, out of my comfort zone because uh, I usually like these upstate karate guys in tie fights, but I think Jake Phillips is going to take this, and uh, I'm predicting a stoppage, TKO. All right, so Hobbs and Greg both take Phillips. Hobbs goes with TKO. Greg goes with decision. And if I could, take if his- I could interject there, uh, Justin, just one more little take on that. I think a big part of this fight is going to be whether or not Jake Phillips can make it a tie fight. Can he clinch him up? Can he get close enough to actually, you know, make Spence uncomfortable potentially in those clinch exchanges? Because Cody Ortiz could not. Like if any time that he tried to get close, he was getting push kicked to the gut. It's a good point there. Okay, proceed. <laughs> All right, so uh, Greg and and Hobbs both take Phillips. Uh, Torres goes Spence by decision. Next up, uh, catch weight at two twenty five MMA. Kevin Minard, 1-0, independent out of Somerville, Georgia, taking on Torres Finney, 2-0, a Gogi Combatives, Chattanooga, Tennessee. So originally Torres uh, set to go in a title versus title fight here. 
uh, with former 205 champ, uh, which is that title has now been vacated. So uh, now we've uh, he's kind of in a tread water kind of fight here. He'll be fighting a cruiserweight bout against Kevin Minard, who is one and zero out of Alabama uh, area. He's uh, he fought one time for us last year. Got a kind of overwhelmed his opponent there in the first round. Uh, you know he's uh, he's a little bit older uh, than some of your competitors, but very much in shape for his age, especially very aggressive uh, and very strong and uh, very confident coming into this. I've, you know he's been talking to me in my inbox. He's he's looking to come in here and, and pull the upset here against Torres who is, uh, you know, got, uh, you know, some big fights on the horizon here. It's one of those spots where, uh, you know, uh, Torres, you know, is going to want to shine at home and fight well in front of that home crowd. But uh, it's got to kind of watch the, uh, the the trap, if you will. Like, you know, these NBA games have sometimes there's trap games or NFL games where, you know, you've kind of got this one fight and you've got a bigger fight kind of on the horizon and then you slip. Uh, but I don't know that we have to worry about Torres doing that. Uh, but all the same, uh, big guys are going to be, uh, you know, throwing that heavy leather here. So anything can happen. Since you're here, Torres, tell us what's going to what's going to happen. Oh, man, I'm excited for this matchup, man. Kevin Menard, um, I'm just so excited he accepted the fight. Look, I am a little bit disappointed. You know, we really wanted to have an opportunity to go for the heavyweight title strap against Jesse. Um, had another opponent step in. He also pulled out. But, uh, you know, hey, it is what it is. Uh, things on the horizon, as Tim said. And uh, this fight will not – I will not overlook Kevin in this one. Um, he is very much my – one. he has my 100% uh, focus and uh, – I'm hoping to bring on the show. There's a lot of different things I've been working on uh, lately, and I want to utilize it in this matchup. So um, you will get a chance to see a lot more of Torres Finney uh, than just Slam Guy, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, it might it might come out. I might have to use a takedown here and there, but I want to utilize more of what my game is and uh, can't wait to uh, show it off um, May 15th. Oh, anymore also in- uh, Torres Finney by KO. <laughs> <laughs> Any more insight there, Greg? Uh, I've been training with Torres, and I can smell what the champ is cooking. That's all I'm going to say. I got, I got Finney by KO. Hobbs. Yeah, I mean this fight's interesting. Uh, you know, because Finney's cardio is always suspect, and uh, <laughs> uh, if you've seen him at Hydra Cup, you know that he's not going to, you know, win by submission. Uh, so. <laughs> You know, I think this fight's a little closer than what people, uh, you know, think. But uh, that being said, I'm taking Torres winning by TKO. <laughs> I, I, I want to say this. You, you do know, like, a lot of us fighters, we do listen to the show. I'll never forget <laughs> last show, I mean, my, my last fight, when you were skeptical, Hobbs, you was like, I don't know if Torres Finney can pick up Scarborough. <laughs> in the back of my mind the entire time like, that last takedown was all garnered at you because you said I couldn't pick him up <laughs> I, I know y'all listen to these damn shows because I think some people pull out because of the shit we say on here yeah. <laughs> that's what I said I make you think I'm going one way but I got you by TKO so I make sure I, I got the same thing you got alright everybody takes Torres by TKO in that one next up uh, we have a middleweight title fight, 185 pounds. Tristan Scarborough, three and one, out of Fearless Fighting, Greenville, North Carolina, taking on Colin Robinson, two and zero, out of Team Links Muay Thai in Worcester, Massachusetts. It, it's it's Worcester, Worcester, Worcester. Worcester. 
Uh, no, nah, man, uh, I'm excited for this one. I like both these guys, both very, very uh, tough dudes. Colin Robinson uh, has had both of his fights with us, man. He like kind of came out of the pandemic in the in the whole COVID times out of Massachusetts, which was shut down, and uh, came down here, got got his first fight uh, under his belt. He beat Michael Sullivan, who we just saw fight Lee here last weekend, and then he uh, he got him out of there in the first round, and then after that, he turned it around um, and, and came back and got a short notice win. Uh, against uh, a late replacement last time, a guy that had quite a bit more experience over him and Colton Dunn, uh, and made it and made it look uh, easy, man. And Colton's not not an easy out, so uh, you know he's looking to become three and zero. Very charismatic. He's great on the mic. He's got a great following up there. Uh, comes out of Team Link uh, up there in Worcester, and uh, man, uh, just an all around uh, blue chip prospect. Takes on Tristan Scarborough, who ain't no chump. He's uh, he just uh, went against Torres for the 205 title last time out. He was three and zero going into that, so that was his first loss. But uh, gave Torres a, a good run all the way into the third round. A very tough and durable guy. Before that, he uh, he beat Josh Cumbie uh, on our show back in November of last year. Um, as Cumbie retired in between rounds, so uh, man, you know, a Scarborough dropping down to 185, I think, is going to do him uh, serve him well. And he's coming into this thing very motivated. I've talked to both of these guys; they're both super stoked, and I'm super stoked to, to crown a new 185 champ since we haven't had one since Tank went pro. All right, Greg. Uh, well, <clears throat> Colin Robinson coming in right here against Christian Scarborough right here, the number seven versus the number nine. Uh, what do you got? The he- number seven heavyweight versus the number nine middleweight in, in Tennessee and amateurs both going for that title right here. Uh, like you said, we haven't had a champion since Tank. I think – I don't know, man. Christian making that cut down – uh, I don't know if it's going to hinder, hurt him, or, or help him, uh, you know, because Colin Robinson's got that wrestling behind him. And all these guys that have been coming down from, you know, Massachusetts and Michigan and stuff and have been finding home here in Valley uh, have been uh, showing showing us the wrestling that they bring from up there. And, um, man, I know I know, I got my pick down as Tristan uh, Scarborough by decision, but this is, a, this is a coin flip of a fight right here. Uh, I'm nervous on that pick. Uh, I, I'm, I'll be sitting back getting ready for my fight about this time, so uh, I won't watch it. But uh, I got uh, Tristan Charborough by decision. Torres. Yeah, man, uh, this fight was hang a lot really hard for me to pick between both of those guys. I mean, I've had a you know really close relationship with both of them. Know a lot of those guys. Fault Tristan. Um, you know, looking at this matchup, I mean. You know, Tristan, Tristan wasn't bad, you know, at 205 anyway. I mean, I think with him going to 185, it will make him, you know, quicker, faster. Um, you know, Colin Robinson do poses a little wrestling. Um, I think he will try to utilize that against Tristan. But I think Tristan, after having the last outing, I think he committed a little bit more to his wrestling. I think this matchup fits him more because I think Colin Robinson wants to keep it on the feet um, a little bit. So I, I'm going I'm going to take – Tristan Scarborough by decision. This is going to be a good matchup for both guys. I mean, this literally is a coin flip. Jeff Hobbs? Yeah, I'm a uh, Colin Robinson mark, man. So, you know, I'm, I'm riding with him. I, I like everything this guy brings to the cage. I love the fact that, you know, like Tim said, COVID hit. He, uh, he found someone that uh, took a shot on him and is, you know, staying loyal to us. I like everything he, he presents. 
Uh, and I like the uh, the matchup he presents for Scarborough, man. He's, you know, Colin's a, a, a big guy, um, tall guy. Um, you know, his wrestling uh, is really good. I, I, I just like, like I said, I'm a, I'm a Colin Robinson's mar- uh, Robinson mark. So um, I do know this time, should he win, uh, I probably will be a little more hesitant. I'll give him the mic. Uh, Colin, if you're listening, I got in trouble last time uh, because I, I encouraged your Boston cursing, your Boston swearing. Uh, so I, I'll be a little more careful there on the mic, but I'm going uh, Colin Robinson and I'm going to take uh Make a little GNP on this one. All right. So Hobbs goes Colin Robinson by TKO, Torres Scarborough TKO, and Greg Scarborough by decision. Next up, we have a 135 title fight, Bantamweights, Jacob Romano, 11-5, and five, out of Upstate Karate in Simpsonville, South Carolina, taking on Chance Gilbride, 2-0 and o for Magogi Combatives in Chattanooga. Now, this is going to be really good, too. Uh, you know, crowning a 135 champ. It's been a moment since we've had a 135 champ. I believe Amun Cosme was our last one, and he's long uh, turned pro. So, Chance Gilbride comes in 3 0, um, all finishes. Uh, last time out, defended his Primal Combat, um, uh, or I'm sorry, won the Primal Combat title over uh, Michael Cribb. Uh, you know, so he's undefeated, man. He's, uh, he's a one of a kind uh, composer, just a very, very skilled. Uh, very charismatic, uh, very outspoken. Uh, he's a polarizing uh, figure, depending on if you're fighting him at home or if he's fighting you uh, on the road. <laughs> you know, so he's in his home uh, home uh, town this time, though. So uh, probably won't be playing the heel like he uh, he typically has been on the road. Uh, I believe he's purple belt and uh, just. Like I said, just a, a very, very solid prospect, uh, a guy that uh, will probably be turning pro, I would think, before too long. Again, he's taking on another guy that will be turning pro here before too long, Jacob Romano, 11-5 and five out of that upstate karate gym in uh, Simpsonville, the third uh, representative of that group here tonight. And uh, he's also a purple belt. So we've got two purple belts going at it. And, uh, man, Romano's just – and he's a vet. You know, he, he's been around a while. He fought for me back when it was 3FC. That's how long this guy's been at it. Um, so, like, he, he's been – he's been at, he, had his, he had his amateur debut with us in the 3FC, actually, back in 2014. So, he's been at it seven years. And uh, so, again, this is pretty much fighting like an entry-level type pro bout here, in, in my opinion. Uh, he's won three in a row, uh, including a win over Jackson Donovan. He was Jackson Donovan's uh, first loss. as uh, He came in 5-0, and oh, and uh, he got a uh, submission over him in the first round. So this is no walk in the park for either men. Whoever takes this one is going to earn that strap. Torres? Yeah, um, man, I'm not hooked. <laughs> this is a fight right here, man. This is exciting. You got Jacob Romano, who's a purple belt. Chance, who's a purple belt. We've seen the pedigree of Chance. I mean, he's another guy. What Chance is what three and zero. He's another guy that a lot of guys really don't want to fight. Um, same thing with uh, Romano. I mean, the man. He has that one boy type style. Can also do it on the ground. Um, but man, this is it's, it's different, man. When you're fighting Chance, dude, he just—he's a beast. He's an animal, and uh, I'm going to have to—I'm taking Chance by submission in this one. Uh, Romano, Romano goes going to probably have to try to keep it on the feet, but we'll see how that one goes. And um, you know, Chance is tough, man. So I'm going to take Chance by uh, submission. Hobbs. Yeah, this is—I mean, there's no doubt this is going to be a good fight. Um, 
uh, you know, not to just beat a dead horse about how good both these guys are. Um, you know, I, I really think about this fight the way I see it playing out. And, and I see Romano uh, having a lot of really good moments in this fight. And I, I, the way I see it, if I close my eyes and picture it, I, I see like Romano in control and and chance subbing him and you don't even see it coming, if that makes any sense. Like I see him in top position. I, I see, you know, the crowd looking and saying, okay, he's got side control. This is good. And next thing you know, he's going to be tapping. I think it's going to be a sneaky sub, um, I, you know. But I just, I, I think this, I think both guys are going to have their spots. I don't think this is going to be a squash uh, at all. As good as I think, you know, Chance is. Um, I think Romano's going to have his spots. He's going to have his moments. But I think something sneaky is going to happen. I think you're not going to see it coming. You're not going to know what it is until you ask the ref, what what was that? And you're going to find out it was something real sneaky and tricky and Chance will win by submission. Greg? All right. Well, I was looking over uh, uh, Romano's, you know, all of his past spots or anything, and he's got some losses for Chase Boutwell and Akeem Bashar. These are these are uh, notable. These are noteworthy losses, man, because like, they're not scrubs, and uh, Romano has fought a tough schedule. He's fought good guys. You said it yourself, Tim. He handed Jackson Donovan, who was 5-0, uh, his first loss, um, and he's uh, he's he's bouncing around everywhere from you know promotion to promotion, trying to looking for a fight anywhere, anytime at all. And now he has found a title bout against uh, your you know uh, one of Agogi's own Chance Gilbride there in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's at it's at home with Chance. Uh, he, uh, I don't I don't believe uh, we won't ever see Chance not be a heel. Because uh, that's just chance. That's no, he's not playing a persona. Chance is a he's he's gonna be that way. He likes to fight. That's and uh, he's all about the competition. He don't care who it is, anytime, anywhere. And that's how chance is. Um, when this does go to the ground, I see chance having a slight advantage here. Um, when it's standing up, I see Romano with the slight advantage. I, but I don't see this fight standing very long. And uh, back to the keyboard warriors online, they're saying that uh, Chance is going to lose this fight. And uh, uh, we told Chance about that. And he said, you know, I'll, I'll let him tell you how he feels about it. But he said he likes being the underdog. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to take it away. So with that being said, Chance is a little pissed off. If he were to get uh Romano went to a position of submission. I don't think that he's just going to go shooting for the submission like Jeff was saying. I think that he's going to want to apply some pain and, and let some let some stuff out. And uh, that's just kind of guy he is. If he gets the opportunity, he'll take it. Uh, vice versa, now that uh, Romano knows that straight up, I know that he's going to be trying to apply that same pain and pressure. So you're looking at maybe one of the picks for fight of the night, in my opinion. I'll go ahead and state it. All right, everybody. Takes Gilbride there. Greg goes TKO. Torres and Hobbs by submission. Next up, welterweights, professionals, 170-pound Raheem Forrest, 1-0 from Memphis Judo and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Memphis, Tennessee, taking on Bubba Cruz, 2-1 out of Agogi Combatives in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Man, this I this this will not go to a decision. I don't think either way. Uh, both these guys are hitters, dude. Uh, you know, Bubba's got lots of knockouts in the Valor Cage, including his last one, uh, spinning back fist over Shaloma Boyd in a fight that he wasn't faring so well into that point. But if anything, it shows you that 
Bubba is always going to be dangerous. The power is going to be there at all times. Now, one has to imagine that he's short up that cardio after after last time because the uh, Raheem Forrest doesn't look like the type of guy that I'd want to be in there with my hands down against. Uh, he has also got crushing power. Comes in here one to know out of that Memphis scene. They're hitters out there, man. And Forrest, uh, you know, he's uh, he's represented by uh, by a first round management out there. So uh, he's got a good crew, group behind him. Uh, he's he's very athletic and explosive. Uh, I think that Bubba is the more well rounded fighter. If Bubba comes in shape, then. Um, you know, uh, I think he's got more avenues to victory. But uh, if Bubba isn't doesn't come correct, then uh, man, Raheem is not the guy I want to be standing across without a, a good gas tank. All right, Hobbs. Yeah, I mean that's the uh, the big question mark right now, man. Is is what Bubba Cruz is is which one's coming to the fight? Um, you know, we talk about that explosive uh, spinning back fist, you know, knockout and not taking any way from anything away from him. You know, it was beautiful. It was, I mean, it was highlight real, but what stands out to me is everything that was happening uh, before that spinning back fist. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Bubba's, uh, you know, deal is right now or his lifestyle. I should say, you know, I know that last time he was working a lot and I think, uh, you know, the guys on the uh, panel here that, that know him more even said, you know, he, just because of his work schedule, not because of work ethic, but because of his work schedule, just wasn't able to get in the gym a lot. And I don't know which one's coming. Um, uh, Tim, uh, you know, made a comment the other day. We were talking about, um, you know, somebody else, and he made the he made the quote: uh, four minutes of hell, eleven minutes of shell." And we know he's got four minutes of hell in him, um, but it's the question mark is what happens after those four minutes. And just based off of what I saw of him last time. Uh, and what I know of Raheem Forrest, uh, Tim is also right, is a big dude in, in, in great shape. Uh, comes from a really nice gym. This is not uh, a bunch of brothers, you know, training with each other. He comes from a solid crew. And um, I don't know if if that kind of finish um, is going to be there against Raheem Forrest. So I think Raheem Forrest, if he's done his homework, or at least if he spent the 1999 and watched some uh, – some box cast and watch these fights. He's, he's, he knows the game plan. So I think he's going to just weather the storm and he's going to wait and see, uh, if that cardio, uh, rears its ugly head again. And I'm taking Raheem Forrest by TKO. Greg, which, uh, Bubba Cruz do you expect to see? Uh, well on this one, I don't expect uh, Bubba to come in 20 pounds overweight the day before the fight. Uh, also, I think that Bubba may have been a little sick in that last fight, but that's not that's not taking nothing away. But it may have may have affected his actual lungs in the fight. Uh, but yeah, I agree. If Bubba hasn't been training uh, up to par, so to say. I think that uh, I think that he is in trouble in this fight. But Bubba's been in the gym. Bubba's a Bubba's an athlete, man. Uh, regardless of whether of how good a shape he is, I mean, he is an athlete. I don't know if fatigue will be a problem in this fight because. Like Tim said, I don't think we see this one going the distance. Uh, I don't think we see it going out of the first round. Uh, it's a coin flip of a fight, too, because the, both of these guys got the power, and it can happen off any strike. Uh, and I got to take um, I got to take Cruz by KO first round. Torres? Yes, uh, I'm taking um, – I'm going to take Bubba Cruz, and here's why. Uh I'm not going to lie, regardless of the outcome of this fight, yes, I guarantee there will be a knockout. I don't see this going even nowhere close to a decision. But um, 
Yeah, I'm taking Bubba only because, uh, you know, from training with him lately, seeing his, you know, seeing his cardio, um, seeing what his game plan is going to be. Um, but Bubba's game for this. He's ready for this. He knows what uh, Raheem brings to the table. He 100% respects Raheem. Raheem is a tough opponent, man. Tough opponent. Tough opponent for anybody, especially at 170. The brother has power in his hands. Watched a lot of film on him already. Man, they got one-punch knockout power. I mean, if it lands on your chin, you're going to sleep. And uh, Bubba is aware of that. So it's going to be a really good fight. A lot of good things to see on both sides. I'm taking Bubba by uh, KO. Okay. All right. Hobbs takes Forrest by TKO. Torres and Greg both take Bubba Cruz by TKO. Next up, catch or a cruiserweight 225 uh, pro MMA T Cummins 3 0 out of Memphis Judo and BJJ, Memphis, Tennessee. And taking on Eric Bloodaxe Olsen 1 3 now out of Chattanooga MMA College in Chattanooga, Tennessee. This is going to be a violent run of fights right here, uh, man. Uh, T. Cummins, teammate to Raheem Forrest, uh, coming out here from that uh, Memphis area, uh, 3-0, and coming off of an LFA, huge knockout win in the main event of LFA. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that's on the radar, I assure you. Uh, 3-0 and right now, um, uh, the, the UFC is looking at it. Uh, I know that. Also with the first-round management group, uh, you know, he's got the right people behind him. Uh, he's going to take on a guy that doesn't give any fucks about all of that. And that is Eric Olson, Blood Axe, who uh, has been training with Billy Swanson and crew down there in Chattanooga for the last couple months. Um, as he takes, uh, I guess, a mandatory hiatus from being overseas in Europe. I guess if you have to come back here ever so often, you know, to whatever sort of eligibility that he's over there. Most of the time he's over there in Europe, though doing bare knuckle boxing and he's like cult hero stat. I don't know if you would say hero, but like <laughs> he's, he's very well known in the bare, bare knuckle boxing uh, scene over there in, uh, in Europe and UK and Poland and whatnot. Uh, man, this guy's a, he is a, a savage, just, um, you know, uh, lots of fights, uh, lots of bare knuckle experience under his belt. Hasn't done as well in MMA. Um, Guys that want to wrestle uh, typically are able to kind of get him down and, uh, you know, uh, keep him, hold him down. But, uh, you know, if, if, if this turns into a, a brawl, uh, a striking affair, then will we? It is going to be violent on both sides. And, uh, you know, Olsen's coming in here confident, man. He, he doesn't uh, he doesn't back down from nothing. Uh, and, you know, that uh, T. Cummins has just kind of got his eye on that. uh that uh that prize of getting to the next level. Both these guys are actually bare knuckle vets. Uh, you know, uh, T on the BKFC circuit here in the states, and then um, uh, Eric over there uh, in uh, in Europe with the BKB promotion. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a slugfest. I hope. Hi, right, Greg. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm expecting. Uh, last time we saw Eric Olsen in the cage, it was with. Uh, you know, another Chattanooga native, uh, Ian Stevens, and uh, Ian just uh, did what Ian does, wrestling down to the ground. And so the blueprint's been laid out how to beat Eric Olsen in MMA. And if T. Cummins has been watching any footage on that, he knows how to beat him. Uh, however, though, if he does decide to stand in exchange for any reason necessary at all, uh, he faces the consequences of getting knocked out by Eric Olsen, by Blood Axe. Uh, I'm a follower of Blood Axe. I like watching him online. He has a lot to say. And uh, it's always very entertaining. And like Tim said, he doesn't he don't give a shit about nothing. Nobody. He doesn't give a shit enough to not give a shit. That tells you how much that guy doesn't give a shit. So 
Uh, with that being said, T. Cummins by – I got him by submission. I, I, that's what I got. T. Cummins by submission. Torres? Yes, I got uh, – I picked uh, T. Cummins by KO. Um, yeah, the, yeah, I mean, we got two bare-knuckle guys, you know, mainly known for their stand-up. This fight will come down to who has the better ground game. If not, we, if neither one is able to land that shot. And I feel that uh, with T. Cummins on the rise, uh, you know, with the – UFC behind him with it. I mean, with uh, his aspirations from the UFC, you know, going get to the next level. Um, I think T T Cummins is the has the better skill set in this one per se. So uh, I'm going to take T Cummins by KO. Obs. Yeah, man. And if I'm not uh, wrong on this, Tim, I mean, this this isn't just a fight. I mean, there's some some heat behind it as well. Like they've they've done some. Yeah. You know, there's been some back and forth on this one and there was some weight talk and uh you know um uh, back and forth and for a moment the fight was off and i was back on and so yeah i don't think they're going to be like super friendly exactly and, and i think that with both uh, even though t cummings knows what the blueprint is to win this fight and he's got a lot on the line i think there's just a little moxie going on there too with both of them being you know bare knuckle vets um that i think He's going to go ahead and oblige him and, and stand there for a while. I think he's not going to bring that wrestling out unless he absolutely has to. I think he's going to give uh, Eric what he wants, and he's going to give him that stand-up fight and maybe a little bit of that just proving who is the better, uh, you know. Uh, I know they won't have bare knuckles, but who is the better bare knuckle fighter? Who is the better stand-up fighter? Um, so I think we're going to get, for a while at least, that stand-up war that uh, all of us want. Um and so I think it was Torres that just said TKO. I'm going to agree with that because I don't think he's going to uh, – with the way both of these guys fight, I don't think it's going to get to that point where T. Cummings has to go to the ground or take it to the ground. One of them's knocking the other one out, and I just happen to think that it's going to be T. Cummings knocking out – or TKO, at least, uh, Eric Olson. All right, everybody takes Cummings. Greg goes submission the other two by TKO. Next up, 155-pound pro lightweights, Jason Wolf, 4-6 and six, out of Striker Fight Center, Kennesaw, Georgia, taking on Logan Neal, 2-1, and one, a Gogi Combatives, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah, excited for this one, man. You know, Logan Neal last time out with a big win over Nate Ariaga. Uh, I bragged on him a lot there. You know, that was, to me was one of the uh, the, the, the biggest level ups in, uh, in skill set that I'd seen. Uh, Logan had, uh, coming off of that Bellator fight, uh, you know, uh, where I think he just kind of got a taste of that next level and he's so hungry to get back to it. And so he's really kind of dialed in his training. Whereas I think in the past, he's just kind of been, you know, he's got a fight, then he's going to get ready for his fight. He'll train, but just now I don't think there's that break for him, which is all the difference. I think, uh, my opinion, uh, you know, he's going to have a, a vet in front of him though. Jason Wolf comes into this fight, a 10 fight pro vet. Uh, you know, he's had his ups and downs. Uh, but he, we've seen him many times. The uh, last time he was in the Valor cage, he lost a decision to Arthur Cisse. Um, you know, but he also has some good wins under his belt, too. You know, he, he beat Warren Smith down in the NFC before. Uh, he's got a win over Nick Sprayberry, beat Tim Boyle for us uh, way back in 2017. Uh, he's fought a lot of tough guys, David Robbins, Jason King. Uh, he's even in there with Charlie Alexander as an amateur. So uh, he's been around, man. Jason Wolf has seen it all. And uh, I think he is going to definitely be a, a stiff test for, for Logan this weekend. Torres? 
Yeah, I'm um, I'm taking Logan in this one uh, by TKO. Um, Logan has really been training really hard. Uh, you know, we watched this Jason Wolf. Uh, Jason, I mean, he brings a you know a pretty interesting game. You know, look like he hits really hard. Uh, you know, he is um, you know at least decent on the ground. So it's going to be a really interesting matchup between both of those guys. But I think Logan is you know he, he his mindset is stuck on what he's trying to get back to Bellator. And he's really hungry, as you said. I think he's coming after Jason Wolf, and I think he beats Jason Wolf um, by TKO. Hobbs, man, there's so much interesting, different angles going on on Saturday night in in this weight class. Um, you know, if you look at it, like you said, um, you've got Logan Neal fighting his, against Jason Wolf uh, in this division. You've got Charlie Alexander sitting at commentary who's got an open dance card for July, um, both of which these guys have fought Jason Wolf. Now we hear Ariaga, who's both fought Alexander and Neil, is is in the crowd. And then you've got Cissé sitting here, who's beaten Wolf in the same weight class. And if he gets a win, I mean, his record now um, is 4-2, and two, you know, in that same division. So there is – And Cissé's fighting slow-mo who fought Bubba. <laughs> yes, I mean this. There's a lot going on in this 155 division on this night, and if and if someone's not fighting at 155 on Saturday night, they're in the building in that division in in Valor that yeah. night. Uh, so there is a lot of crazy shit that could either come out of these fights depending on who wins and who's got open dance cards, you know. Uh, so that being said, I know Logan Neal wants to punch his ticket against any of them uh, and, and get to the next level again, get to that big fight. And he knows, um, you know, there, there could potentially be a couple of guys in the Valor uh, 155 lightweight division uh, in the building that could help get him there. So I think it's going to be a motivated Logan Neal. I think he knows whether he knows what's on the horizon. He knows that it all hinders on the outcome of this fight. Uh, if he even wants to think about, you know, main events and, and bigger fights in that next level. He knows he's got to come away with a win. And I don't think he's looking ahead. I think knowing what could be ahead is actually going to keep him focused in this fight. You know, Jason Wolf, he's long the tooth man, but he is a crafty vet and he's not easy to get out of there. Uh, you know, those other guys that have fought him in the past will tell you that. Um, so I, I'm taking Logan Neal. Uh, I don't think it's going to be by TKO though. I think he's going to, be able to lock in that RNC. And if my cohorts here haven't realized uh, by listening to Justin call mine out, I just figured on this car, every Agogi guy I picked by sub. So by God, I'm going to get one of them. I'm going to get a couple. I just took them all by sub this time. No one's fucking me over this time. It's like you, you, blew, my, barrel. you blew my mind with that whole 10 degrees of separation thing. Yeah. Greg, what do you got on this one? Uh, yeah, same thing. Uh, love. Logan understands the fortitude of this fight. What's what's at stake, and how many eyes are on this fight? How many eyes are on? Uh, how many eyes were on, and still are on Ariaga? Uh, you know, how many eyes down there in Georgia are on Jason Wolf for this fight to see how he he you know how he ventures up here in Valor this time? Uh, also, uh, you know, Logan's looking to punch that ticket again, and, and he wants to do it against anybody and everybody. And there are like again, there are a lot of eyes on this fight. Uh, there's a lot of eyes on Charlie Alexander. I mean, I. 
wouldn't be surprised if we got to see that matchup. I wouldn't be surprised if CSA got that matchup against Charlie. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we seen Logan match up against them. I would be surprised if Tim pulled some shit and uh, put a um, a Grand Prix tournament after this kind of deal at 155. I'm just saying. We've so, got enough. Uh, what's going now? Scary. Tim Tim may pull out the first uh, triple threat MMA match if yeah. you're not careful. <laughs> Let's see it. I'm down. I throw a ladder in there. Let's yeah. With that being said, uh, Logan Neal knows that he's got to make a statement during his fight. And um, Jason Wolf knows that Logan Neal needs to make a statement fi- statement during the spot. He's a crafty vet, and he's looking to play spoiler in Logan Neal's career. So Logan's going to have to nut up and then finally get that that KO in the career that he's really looking for. He's going to have to get that KO, and that's who I'm taking is Logan Neal by, by KO. All right, everybody takes Neal, Greg, and Torres by TKO, hops by submission. Next up, the co-main event, 155 lightweight, or Keenan Raymond, 3-8 and eight from – I'm not sure. The Misfits in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, taking on Slick Nick Gertz, 9-3 and three from KMA in Knoxville. Yeah, so uh, the, the, we've been working on getting Nick Gertz back in the cage, it seems like, for a minute. Uh, he's been out with injury uh, long enough to where Tapology has him unranked. That's crazy. It's been that long. But, you know, last time out, Nick Gertz uh, was uh, two over two years ago. A win over Nick Martino, actually, who uh, Greg is taking on here. Uh, we'll talk about that here in here next. But uh, you know, Gertz is is one of those prospects. He's been he's been at training since a young boy. He's a he's a brown belt now. Um, and or did he get his black belt? Did yeah, he, he got his black belt. Yeah, no, he just did. He just yeah, got he did. Yeah, so Nick Gertz, a, a new black belt, a fresh black belt coming into this one. Uh, his he really has only lost to just like top tier talent last time out. Uh, he has a loss in in uh, about three and a half years at this point. And that was to Devonte Smith, who's who's a killer, and he went into the fourth round with him. Uh, you know, Nick's dangerous everywhere. They call him sleep for a reason. He's got uh, very unorthodox submission skills. Uh, he can strike too. He's got a big flying knee knockout on his uh, on his highlight reel as well. And uh, you know, he's a guy that uh, that is is very entertaining. He wants to put on a show, but he's also violent. So uh, I know he's hungry to get back in there. We've had so many canceled fights. For him that have fallen apart, guys will sign and then they'll pull. And so Keenan Raymond, it looks like, is going to come uh, to to battle, though, man. Keenan Raymond is licensed and ready to rock and roll coming all the way from uh, from Rhode Island, Providence, Rhode Island, uh, the uh, the Missaquanchi Misfits there. And uh, he's a vet, you know, uh, hasn't uh, had the most sterling of records. But then you look at his competition, man, he's fought uh, some pretty tough guys. He's fought uh, Joe Giannetti. Uh, from uh, the Ultimate Fighter fame, uh, he fought uh, Castro Jima, who is a Bellator vet and a very tough motherfucker. He actually has two losses to uh, Giannetti. Peter Barrett, that guy's in the UFC right now, too. So he's been in there with uh, some very, very tough competition. He's an athletic, explosive guy. He's looking to spoil the party. He's fought as high as middleweight. All right, Hobbs. Yeah, very interesting fight. You know, these kind of unknown out-of-town guys with – you know, histories like like this guy does, man, uh, they're dangerous. Um, and that Northeast scene is just super tough. It is, man. And you look at all these guys that come from uh, what is the uh, ring of uh, – uh, what's the – what's combat. The, Yeah, ring of combat. Yeah. He fought, you know, he, up in that scene, man, these are – uh, these are underrated guys that don't get a lot of publicity um, because they're, it's a very niche, you know, uh, thing going on up there. Um 
because you don't hear about them. Next thing you know, they're on the UFC, you know, yeah. uh, because that's just a place that, the, that the promotion goes to find guys. It always has been. Um, so these, like you said, these Northeast guys, um, they're tricky, man. They're dangerous. Um, you know, it's the devil you don't know, um, coming out of there that, you know, that being said, man, a, a pissed off and hungry. And I just mean pissed off as in he's, he's, he's ready to go. He's pissed that he hasn't fought yet. He's pissed that he's been on the sideline. He's pissed that it's hard to find an, an opponent. Uh, so when I say pissed off, it's more motivated. Nick Gertz is also a scary thing. And especially getting that, uh, that nice fresh black belt around his waist, um, that just got posted up this last week. Um, you can't help, but think he wants to, uh, showcase, uh, that BJJ and, and that new, uh, that new belt he's got around his waist. So, um, he's nasty. If you watched him in the Hydra cup, if you tuned in for that, um, you know, combat jujitsu, you know, usually it gets the slaps get used to kind of just better your position, uh, and things like that. Uh, and Nick Gertz used it to TKO his opponent in in a jujitsu match and left a guy with lumps, uh, leaving that building. He's, uh, he's nasty, man. Um, and, and I will say that before we go too far, he has corrected us that it is no longer slick Nick Gertz. It is slick Nick sexy hurts. Oh, oh. He did not want, want us to mess that up again. Again, so slick Nick sexy hurts Gertz. Uh, and I will take that young man by submission. Wow, that's a mouthful. Greg. That's what she said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, with, with Raymond coming in from up there in the in the New England part uh, of uh, the country over there, and you know, you mentioned Tim that he's fought as as high as middleweight before, and he's fought these tough guys, uh, and he's a dangerous fighter coming in here. Well, he's fighting against a dangerous fighter, and Nick Gertz, man, uh, I I can't really lay it out any more better or say more about Nick Gertz than Jeff's already said. Uh, I was going to mention that fact that, yeah, he just got his black belt. And, yeah, there is one more thing he's pissed off about. And uh, I think it's the fact that – not that he's motivated, but he feels disrespected, that he has not made it to that next level yet, that people aren't giving him that opportunity. And at what point in time does he have to – what has he got to do to get there? You know, like what what fights are going to take? And he can, he's just going to keep winning right now. So he's a little – feels a little dis, uh, disrespected, and I think that – uh, you know, something like this uh, can get him can get him noticed. You know, another another win at ten and three coming in. Nick Gertz, and he mentioned on his uh, on the, on on one of the podcasts he did that he's going to stay solid at one forty five from here on out. And he's fighting this one at fifty five, but this is said he said this is probably the last time you see him at fifty five, and he's going to stay at forty five because that's where he thinks that that's the best opportunities for him. And uh, I got him by submission here to win. Torres. Yeah, um, Nick Gertz, man, uh, you know, I haven't really seen a lot of his competition, but I have, I've watched the fight against, uh, you know, Jason Wolf. Um, I also watched this, uh, no, I mean, not Wolf, um, uh, Nick Martino. I did see that fight. Um, I also watched him in the Hydra Cup, you know, from my, you know, young MMA career. And I've, after seeing Nick, man, he's nasty. I mean, that's a dangerous son gun. And oh boy, you know, Keenan Raymond, uh, he'll have his hands full big time. But like you say, uh, like Hobbs said, I expect Gertz to try to show off that new black belt. And um, I might expect to see it in the, in the cage with him after he get this win by submission. So 
I'm taking Nick by submission on this one. All right, everybody takes Gertz by submission. Next up, the main event, Pro 170 welterweight title, Nick Martino, 4-5 and five out of combat performance in Hendersonville, North Carolina, taking on Greg Hopkins, 4-1, and one, a Gogi Combatives, Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's been a long road, but we've arrived at the main event, and uh, our own Greg Hopkins goes back in to defend that 170 strap against Nick Martino. Uh, there's been some good-natured banner between these two guys, and uh, it's one of the that's, I think that's one of the traps Greg has to avoid here is just getting too good-natured with a guy that's more than willing to kick his head off out there in Nick Martino. Uh, you know, I think that uh, you know the wrestling advantages with, with Greg. He's coming off of. Uh, uh, the the double header against Jason King, where he finished him off here for in, in the last time out. But uh, you know, uh, as we mentioned on uh, uh, Vince Ferrara and my radio show on uh, 991 the Sports Animal, Greg hasn't pre- prepared for anyone but Jason King now in like two years, and so uh, it'll be interesting just to to get back out there with a different uh, a different opponent and just see what how Greg's evolved. Uh, Martino coming off a big win, man. Uh, Martino uh, with a win over Brian Battle, who you're about to see on The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, very, very tricky grappler. Uh, comes from that Wonder Boy background uh, of training, so he's going to have that karate kind of side uh, kicks. Uh, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, using that for, for reach, and he's going to be very uh, dangerous with the head kicks. Uh, strength of schedule uh, advantage goes to Martino, man. He's been in there with some killers, uh, you know, Nick Gertz and uh, obviously Brian Battle and, and lots of other really tough guys. So, uh, you know, he's used to kind of coming in as the underdog. This will be no different. Um, and uh, I'm ex- I'm expecting an exciting fight. I don't think we're going to go all five rounds by any means. And I think uh, either way, one of these guys is going to get finished. Tell us what's going to happen, Greg. Uh, uh, well, I believe that Nicholas is going to come out there and uh, stand – uh, you know, is it, a you know karate stance, and he's, he's going to plan on doing that, and then he's just going to get he's going to get hit in the head by me. That's we'll go to the ground. If I decide to take him down, you know, we'll go to the ground, and maybe I'll finish it there. You know, but either way, at the end of the day, it's going to be uh, big Greg Hopkins by uh, TKO. Torres. Yes, man. Um, you know, after seeing Greg, uh, you know, I've seen him have yeah, you know, he trained for. Jason King for a long time, you know, training for a guy that's much taller than him. You know, now Greg, you know, finally find a guy around his size, you know, height size in that in that regards. Um, but Greg, I mean, Greg is is game for this. He's a champion for a reason. And um, Nick Martino, he brings a uh, a really good uh, uh, style. I mean, that karate type style, you know, very close to as he was saying himself, you know, Wonder Boy. Um, but Greg can do it on the ground. Greg can do it on the feet as well. So I'm taking this easily. Uh, Greg by KO. All right, Hobbs. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> is there a nice way to say somebody's too dumb to know they're supposed to lose? Is there a nice? Is there a nice way you can say that? Um, or is it just come off real dickish? Regardless. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Greg's too dumb to know he's supposed to lose. All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love Greg, man. But Greg knows I always pick against him. I'm going to tell him straight up. I hit Nick Martino uh, circled. And then right before I faxed it in, I changed it because and I don't really mean that Greg's got a high IQ uh, when it uh, comes to the cage. Maybe not cage side, but in the cage, he does. Um, and I don't mean he's too dumb to know he's supposed to lose. What I, It's kind of like that Rocky thing. No one's told him he's supposed to lose. It's not in his is not in his 
a mind frame when he gets in a fight. And I've, I've painfully had to um, adjust to this as I keep picking against him every fight is that um, he doesn't listen to what so-called experts are supposed to say or what the paper says or what the opponent's supposed to bring to the table. Um, he doesn't know when he gets hit that he's supposed to go down, if that makes any sense. In my head, it does. But he gets punched, and he gets punched hard, and most people probably think, damn, that hurt. I should go down, and Greg doesn't. He just – he keeps fucking trucking along, man, and – it's like he just tell he doesn't even realize it was supposed to hurt, and so you know those are intangibles that um, you can't explain. And I think Nick Martino is going to do really well in this fight. Um, I think it's going to be a great fight, and it's going to be a give and take. And I think both guys are going to take a lot of punishment, but I think the difference in that is that um, Greg's not going to let the punishment affect him as much. Um, he's not going to realize till the fight's over. Um, that, you know, maybe he was hurt as bad as he was in the fight. He'll, you know, that's the way I just see it going, man. So I, I changed my pick before I sent it in, and I picked uh, Greg Hopkins by TKO. All right, everybody takes and still Greg Hopkins, TKO. All right, and that'll do it for our picks panel and uh, predictions for this uh, Valor 82. Appreciate everybody sitting in. It was a long show, but we had a lot to cover. Hopefully, you guys got some insight going into this card. You can catch it uh, live and in person with uh, by getting your tickets at fighterticks.com, or you can watch the pay-per-view at vfcmma.com. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, thank you to all of our panelists for joining us here this evening. Uh, for Justin Watson, Jeff Hobbs, Greg Hopkins, Torres Finney, I'm your host, Tim Lloyd, signing out for another edition of The Valor Hour. This week, get set for a crush roundtable as we break down the incredible benefits of the locker room concept of sport medicine with the experts from Health Point, Pain, Spine, and Sport Medicine and Advantage Sport Medicine Physiotherapy. We'll be joined by Dr. Dran Nadu, head team physician for the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton football team, Michael Cook, the head strength coach for Canada's men's volleyball and Advantage Sport Medicine, TD Forrest, the head athletic trainer for the Edmonton Oilers, and Tahisha Nadu, Advantage Physio and head therapist for the Saskatchewan Rush. It's time you were treated like the pros and we lay it all out on this week's special roundtable edition of crush performance crush performance with jeff Crushell can be found on apple podcasts stitcher tune in radio google podcasts and radioinfluence.com